Warning, the following podcast may contain foul language, offensive humor, and other juvenile behaviors. If you find these things offensive, stop listening now. Otherwise, enjoy the show. Now I'll take the left, and you take the right. The road will stick to the shadows and remain out of sight. Let the wizard do the talking, his intelligence is the best. Then we'll all take on the boss man while the fighter takes the rest. Oh, we had this good idea, well it seemed good at the time. Now half our party's dead, and that sure ain't a good sign. So now we're back to character, Jen, our error we now see. So before we try out plan A, let's figure out plan B. Thank you for joining us for Season 15, Episode 20 of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. My name is Kimmy. My name is Gina. My name is Dork. My name is Bill. <laughs> and uh, to, what's tomorrow? Tomorrow, it, the Nerd Strong Gym thing. Yes, tomorrow Go. is the Nerd Strong Gym uh, mini RPG con. So Woo-hoo. we're playing a bunch of tabletop RPGs. Now, is that because uh, you're playing small RPGs or it's a small con? No, it's a small con. So oh, we okay. have like five to six games happening at a time. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, so if... You have not signed up and would like to attend. You can just show up. We'll probably have some spots open. If you'd like to pre-register, you can go to conplanner.com slash minicon1. It's a numeral one, not like spelling it out one. Um, no hyphen in minicon. It's all just one thing. And yeah, you can register. We have Stu's running a game. I'm mm-hmm. running a game. Jib is running some games. Um, our good friend David Nett from Night of the Zombie King and uh, Gold the Series is running some D&D 5e Got some wild talents. I, Dungeon I, World. If, I didn't tell me David Nett was yeah. playing a game. I, right. might go, I might go be in a David <laughs> Nett game. Oh, you wouldn't show up to oh, be in mine. I see how it is. You don't want to be in another <laughs> one of your games anyway. <laughs> Stu's <laughs> got room in his game. It's a, Lions, it's a, uh, a rabbit's zombie game. It's Watership Down Syndrome. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not. He's, he's no. You're doing a Star Wars game. Um, yeah, I know um, because <laughs> I kept getting really great Star Wars ideas, and I'm like... There's already a Star oh, he's doing it. So he's doing a Jaxor Down uh, Syndrome game what? with the uh, Jaxor was the Green Rabbit from the comic books in Star Wars. Never mind. <laughs> he's not canon, so you wouldn't care. It's funnier when you explain it like that. So. Yeah. Right. Stork. <laughs> Stork. Dark. Sorry. You too? Yeah, really? Yes. Anyway, so you can do that. Um, it starts in the afternoon. The first session is from 1 to 5. Then we take an hour break for dinner. Definitely a blue From rabbit. 6 to 10 is the second session. So the first session is 1 Starting at 1. Yep, starting yes. at 1. 1 o'clock. Right. So, and it is What's in, the address of the place? Uh, 13131 Sherman Way, and we are unit 109. That's cool, 13131. I yeah. like that. <laughs> That's it is. And we are in North Hollywood, California. For all the numerologists out there. Can they get the street changed to Mockingbird Lane and take the one off the end? Yeah. yeah. They could be 1313 yeah. Mockingbird Lane. No, no. That's going to take a lot more permitting and stuff than we bothered with for tomorrow. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm just saying, just yeah. d- but as like an fun. overall goal. An overall goal. <laughs> do you have to do burpees between the first you and do second not, sessions? No, we do have a cool raffle happening though. Everyone who attends, you don't have to come for the whole the whole thing. Um, it's five dollars a session um, if you're not a gym member, which is pretty reasonable to play tabletop games. Yeah. And uh, we have a video card being raffled off. We have some Xbox One <clears throat> games. Emerald Knights um, up in Burbank was nice enough to give us um, a $20 gift card and some sets of dice also to raffle off. Oh, awesome. Nice. So now, I just want to be clear. If I show up in my like unworkout, you know, very out of shape kind of thing, you guys aren't going to try to recruit me and give me a gym membership or anything, no, right? No, no, so no. I can actually just That's, show up and play games. You can just show up and play games. And you're not going to be like shaming me and be not like, you all. know, you know, Storky, why don't you, you should probably, because I think 
there's a lot of people that are like, I'm not going to go into a gym. <laughs> we don't actually. No. First of all, we don't shame yeah. people anyway. Right. We're a gym of nerds. Like, come on. We like like we're all kind of in the same boat when we show up. They and, pr- you probably only shame people if they like certain movies or things like that. Well, I personally, if you like the prequels, I'm sorry. No, I'm just kidding. No, we, we accept everyone. Um, but yeah, no, there is no... We're working on the morning tomorrow, and then we're just using the open space, because it's very conducive to so having So it's definitely going to smell like a gym. Nope, not even smelling like a gym. Which is still better than a game con. Which is still better than a game con. <laughs> yeah. I mean, let's face totally it. Totally different funk. Yeah. Totally, totally true. different funk. Yeah. So it'll, it, it should be a lot of fun. We're very excited about it. <laughs> it's the first of its kind. It is. And you were saying there's openings, too. Now, do you think that people that are already at the gym just haven't bothered to register because they're going to be there anyway? So they figure, I'll just show up and pick what I want? Well, we've opened it. It's not just a gym event. We've opened it around. We've put no, like, no. signs at yes. different uh, like game stores and stuff like that. I think there's, def- there's definitely people who have said that they're coming that haven't registered for games. Um, so with, in that case, it's kind of like a normal con where it's first come, first serve, and there'll be like sign-up lists on the table. You're going to have like the running of the nerds, <laughs> like they go. do at German game conventions? <laughs> <Yeah>. See, <and laughs> Was is das Privilege? <laughs> and in that particular case, yes, the nerd strong members will have a little bit of an advantage. <laughs> yes, I can see that. Because they'll be running. Yeah. Right. <laughs> but yeah. No, do you guys run? I thought you just lift weights. Uh, I avoid running as much as I can, and I like lifting weights, but there there are elements of running in the workouts, yes. Okay. They, uh, they they put like a like a gold edition five e book on a string and people are on the treadmill <laughs> going after it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, give out email address if you'd like to email us. You can email us at happyjacksrpg at gmail dot com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail dot com. We appreciate emails. Uh, you can also follow us on the tweeters. That's uh, happyjacksrpg all one word. Uh, we have a forum happyjacksrpg slash happyjacksrpg slash forum. And we're there, and there's a lot going on right now. Mm-hmm. Always is. Yes. There's, there's some, a Facebook there's some topics that I thought were dead that have come back. That they have been resurrected. <laughs> they do not have us. They live. In the chat room. They're not talking about AC again, are they? We're out. We're going out. Yeah, they're saying I tell refresh twice. Oh, let me see if I... Hector for the right. check room of chatting. Let me fix this thing. Uh, does someone want to start the yeah. first email? While well, I, sure. got, I got one more pre-announced oh. thing while you're oh, yeah. go. Go, go. So, uh, also, uh, it, it, to email, is there a more direct email that you can check, like like a you email? Uh, the Happy Jacks... I don't want to say this. Happy Jacks RPG at gmail.com goes directly to my okay. everyday email. So, to either that or I will go start a... Uh, a forum thread as well but if there's ever any questions you've wanted to ask scott kurtz who's the creator of pvp online he's going to be on the show next week with us uh, as our special calling guest from uh, sunny seattle and we're going to talk about table titans which is uh, a series that he writes it's all about rpg gamers and the gaming he's been doing with uh with wizards of the coast and you know, he GMs and he has other totally lame people like, you know, Will Wheaton and stuff GM for him and everything. So mm-hmm. I think it'll be a pretty cool conversation. But if you have any questions you've ever wanted to ask uh, Scott, please send them to us and I'll <coughs> start a forum thread as well. I nice. hope people awesome. ask gaming centric questions because I'm just going to ask yes. about art and like uh, cartooning <laughs> sure. and how you get Stork's web-based quest- comics. Question and- number one from Stork. Why are you a more successful artist than me? Where, and where do you Answer, get your ideas? Because I actually do stuff. <laughs> um, They've instructed us not to say anything important. We didn't, by the way. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, hey, that was a great show. That means Kimmy has to go back much. and redo what you did. Yeah. Right. That's fine. Um, okay. Yeah. Because they're, the, they're the ones that really needed to hear that. <laughs>
Oh well, they yeah they they needed to hear the thing about Nerd Strong. They didn't hear any of that. No, no. they didn't. <laughs> so tomorrow is the Nerd Strong thing. If you're local, yes. If anyone in there is local, that's tomorrow. The first game session is at one p.m. and the address again. One three one three one Sherman Way, Unit one o nine in North Hollywood, California. North Hollywood. If you want to pre-register, go to conplanner dot com slash minicon one. All one word, no hyphens, no spaces. There you go. <laughs> Unit. <laughs> Sherman Peabody Way. By the way, when you go away, Baton. Was that a what? Was I am Bill a Mickey Rooney movie? Mickey Rooney. I am Bill. Yeah, where he played Bill, a, where he plays like a, a mentally challenged, challenged gentleman. Oh, yeah. yeah, you're What's right. Because you went, Bill. I am Bill. Bill, that's right. <laughs> Yeah, See, I think you won an Oscar. on the reference. That's, like, that's of the impressive. Five, of the five Oscars he's won, I think that was one of them. <laughs> Welcome to Costco. I love you. <laughs> Mickey Rooney, a very short man. Like, uh, <laughs> like, he and Oscars are about the same height. He and who? Oscar. The, of, of, of the Oscars he's won, he's about the same. They can have a conversation. Oh, yeah. He's, he's very, very short. He can sit on its knee if it was sitting down. Right. He's about the same height as Tom Cruise. Very similar. So like five seven. Like three. Except foot Tom Cruise nine. five seven. Tom Cruise actually thinks he's Oscar. He could be the Grouch. Did you, did you yes. see the Did you see the latest uh, Mission Impossible film? No. That that dude is aging well. That C- bastard. CG. Now, is, it, is he aging well or is he clear? Him? No, no, he's aging well. He I had just, his shirt off and stuff. I watched Captain America, and I saw what they did to to Chris Evans when he was all skinny can, and stuff, so I'm sure they could cool. do the opposite. Can no, they only have CG that makes you look worse. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> they, they can, like, he can, like, lift cars with his mind, right? Fuck yeah. yeah dude, just he's like a level 47. Does <laughs> it go that high now? He has psionics. It only, it only went up to 15 until they started he, getting millionaires. See, everybody thinks That's he's <laughs> with the Church of Scientology. He's with the Church of Scientology. Ah. <laughs> People get that confused. All right. Non-quantifiable drawback balancing mechanical benefits. <laughs> From Rosano. Okay. <laughs> Is it over? Salutations, douchebags. Rosano Greenstripe writing in once again. Before going, before I go into my question, I just want to say that I've now consumed your immense backlog. Mm. So oh, sorry, sir. that reminds me. I've watched all three Human Centipede films, <laughs> including the last one, which takes place in a prison. Why you do? Of course that? it does. Why wouldn't it? I I've only finished the first one. The last two, I've missed the last 15 to 20 minutes. You were busy throwing up? No, I just, it just, it got boring. Oh. It got boring. It's like, and, and, and all of the, like, like, gruesomeness of the first movie is gone. What in, was harder, what's harder to watch? Movie. The third Centipede movie or the third Matrix film? Which is harder? Ooh. <laughs> or the first the, Star Wars? The third Matrix film, because that, that made me angry. Sure. Because you watch the first one, you're like, "Oh my god, this is fantastic!" It hurt your heart. Did I tell you what I thought they should have done with the what the Wachowski brothers should have done with that. No, what they should have made the the big reveal at the end of one should have been the big reveal at the end of three. Can you imagine what of a what a mind fuck that absolutely? Would have been? If you go through two, Whoa. three whole films and the whole thing was a was a dream. What if Keanu Reeves would have woken up in the shower and he was like, <laughs> "It's all a dream, Bobby." No, no, it would have been. Whoa, that's it. 
So now the movie ends. It ends. They get to the very end. He steps out of a phone booth. Excellent! <laughs> I find myself with a cold, empty, gaping void inside of me that I just cannot fill. Okay. You're the one that doesn't like commas. Why are you Therapy. adding them? <laughs> um, those are dramatic pauses. Ah, right. Okay. Other podcasts just don't live up to the combination of humor, insight, and friendly banter that Happy Jacks provides, and the trickle of new episodes just leaves me wanting more. I just don't know how to quit you, Happy Jacks. Anyway, less pining and more discussion topic. Dude, if you are having withdrawals, <laughs> just start listening to the actual plays. Oh my god, there's so much freaking Happy oh. Jacks content right now. <laughs> it's a lot of it. unbelievable. It's and immense. Lots of side yeah. conversations in the last Elder Me game, too. What? Tons. What? <laughs> Was there actually any game? Wasn't that the one, the ADD one? No, that was two. That was two ago. The oh, last okay, one right. was I'm very sorry. focused. You're right. You're right. Uh, in many systems, there are archetypes and benefits and such that impose a narrative or unquantifiable penalty in exchange for mechanical power. Let me read the whole thing. Okay. Is there a hum? No, that's, no, that's traffic from outside. Fucking traffic. Unless the there's a, might be a hum, a hum in the signal chain for your thing, but it's not coming oh, through the. Okay, I think it's probably the helicopter that's behind Sorry. my head. Yeah, there is a helicopter back there. Yeah. Uh, in exchange for mechanical power, the classic example is the D and D Paladin's oath. In exchange for following a code, a paladin gains blessings that a fighter does not. That a fighter does not. It's not. It's easy to place a value on a bonus to saving throws or extra damage, but harder to just say just how much a drawback things like must render aid to the weak and suffering or cannot knowingly aid chaotic or evil entities really are. It gets even more complex when other party members get involved. I recall one prestige class in 3.5 for barbarians that gave them even more bonuses while raging but had a chance to go into a full frenzy, never go full frenzy, and <laughs> attack friends and foe alike. Now, friends, not frenzy. <coughs> right. Again, it's hard to place a value on the cost of having your rogue split in half versus the benefit of killing a nasty creature, nasty creature faster. It's one thing to suffer uh, penalties yourself, but something completely different to inflict them on the people around you. Point-based games like Kerps and Shadowrun do try to, and answer the question by assigning values to these drawbacks. However, traits like bloodthirsty and flashbacks are balanced via how hard they are to resist when they happen, and in some cases, how much mechanical debilitation they impose. That's partially true. That's not entirely true. But there's no explicit number you can pin on the time when your character... Uh, with the curious quality, falls Fail. fails their composure check and starts reading aloud from the Necronomicon. Of course, this dichotomy cuts both ways. Most of us think first of the min-maxing munchkin who makes charisma his dump stat and buys all the antisocial traits so they can bump up their murder stats. But on the flip side, there exists a socially aligned character who has little numerical power, but a ton of contacts and loyalties and other favors of the system that the system doesn't assign hard numbers to. In Iron Kingdoms, certain advances allow a player t 
to gain a contact, a new ability, or raise a combat skill. The latter two have measurable outcomes, but the former is a lot more wishy-washy in its actual impact on the given game. So, I turn the question over to the hosts. What are your thoughts on so-called soft benefits balancing hard drawbacks? What of loosely defined restrictions in exchange for concrete bonuses? How can something with an explicit game-based effect counteract or make up for an undefined narrative one? Have issues like this come up at your table? If so, what was the outcome? I'm very curious to hear what you think about this. Thanks again for your countless hours of entertainment, and I hope the podcast stays fun as it fun to make as it is to consume. Take a drink. Rusana oh. Thank you for the take a drink again. That was Ooh, oh, soundboard down. Did it's it make it, a sound? When a soundboard hits the table, does it make a sound? <laughs> it no. didn't that time because it's an <coughs> iPad. It's not a it still works. Um, P.S. Last time I wrote in, I plugged not your father's root beer. Oh, that was this guy. We owe him yeah. an apology. I watched that. I had the kids watch it. They were entranced. It's not a bad <laughs> film. It just was like, what the fuck is Robin Williams doing in this? It was weird. But the I, set I thought he was amazing. fantastic as Popeye. I've always loved that set. That whole where he walks into Sweet Haven. That I love everything about that movie. It is really? fantastic. And Ray Walston. Yeah. <laughs> Who directed that? I have no idea. I did. It was. It was shot in Italy. That was like my one first of those, film I directed. But it's. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you can look it up on IMDb. To the Googles. <laughs> Yeah, you look at, you'll Wikipedia. be able to look that up on Wikipedia in a few oh. minutes. Yeah. <laughs> it's the best part about Stu's trusted account. <laughs> uh, uh, however, there is another contender to the root beer-based alcoholic beverage game, Coney Island Brewing Company's Hard Root Beer. Whereas Not Your Father's focuses on the sarsaparilla, or is that sarsaparilla? Sarsaparilla. Sarsaparilla. <laughs> and spice flavors of root beer, Coney Island, I almost said Crony Island, um, <laughs> hey, come on in. Nice to see you again, pal. Hello, dearie. Uh, Coney Island has a much stronger vanilla flavor, verging on an alcoholic cream soda. Mm. And according to one of my friends, they meld together in an amazing fashion. With a scoop of ice cream, please. I'm, I'm done. I'm there. I'm all over it. <laughs> it's an ice cream flow with a hangover. <sighs> we got to do that. Yeah. Hell yeah. It's a, oh, yeah. Hey, we should have an ice cream float bar at the next live podcast. <laughs> We all make ourselves ice cream floats with heart. With heart. No, with heart. because Dave will bring booger-flavored ice cream and make everyone try it and ruin a beautiful thing. I think I think Tyler's the one really to blame for that tradition. Yeah, but Dave's, Dave's keeping it up. continuing it, yes. I, I hate to say it, but I brought the first bad thing. You, no, did. you did. Choco Vine. Oh, it wasn't? Was, I was going to say, that was the first I remember one. that being That was the first you. one? Okay. That was the yeah. first alcohol. But didn't you like yep. then... And then like, I brought durian cookies. You did. Those right. Mm. <laughs> Oh, God. Which you then hid in the gym because none of us were going to go in. Yeah, and nobody noticed when they went in there the next day. Man, it smells good in here today. Let's eat some burpees. I didn't work out then. If you're a fan of Not Your Father's, you owe it to yourself to try Coney Island. See, you know, Not Your Father's, I really like like, the initial sip, but then like the aftertaste is like... (coughs) It's a little cloying. It's really sweet. It's super sweet. Oh, no, no, no. I don't mind sweet. It it tastes like, like NyQuil. It's really got like this really? medicine-y like, after flavor that I just don't enjoy. I don't know if anyone else feels that, but it reminds me of That's that weird after flavor. An alcoholic bite is all I'm getting out of it. Bless yeah. you. Okay. I'm not getting the You're not giving me squeaks? Come <laughs> on, oh, man. 
You're sneezing. You were supposed to get it from the last vampire game. Pew! (laughs) (laughs) You should make a gun that sounds like that. Pew, 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 pew. Uh, So I wanted to talk about this and about the mixing of basically crunch and fluff advantages and disadvantages, which is essentially what, what he's talking about. Right? Do I need yeah, to translate yes. this? Well, no, no. Okay. Well, yeah, a little. Cause okay. Basically, what he's saying is there, uh, there is advantages and disadvantages that are sort of narrative-based. They're story-based. They're fluff. It's someone you know who can help you out. Uh, it is maybe someone who's chasing you, uh, someone who's hunting you, someone who doesn't like you. Uh, it could be something like a character trait, uh, um, uh, greedy or... Uh, curious or impulsive, things like that. Um, and balancing those with hard mechanical things. You get a plus two to hit under these circumstances. You get to add 2d6 to your damage under these circumstances. You get this stuff that's part of the math of the game, the crunch of the game, as opposed to the narrative side of it. Okay, because that's better than his, what I got out of it. His que- his His question is... The melding of the two. How do you balance a 10-point personality trait with a 10-point mechanical trait? I'm using GURPS right. as, a, as a thing here because it's more quantifiable mm-hmm. that way than it is, I think. In, but, I mean, he gives the Paladin example, the fact that a Paladin is a fighter who gets some cleric spells because he follows a code. Yeah. Right? The code is the disadvantage. The spells are the advantage. There's a balance there. There's a quid pro quo. How do you keep... I'm going to phrase this. How do you make sure that you've created a fair environment with the balancing of these fluffy things with the crunchy things that they go with? That's okay. what he's asking. All right. All that's just making me hungry. Like, <laughs> I, want, I want something with like some, some fluff and some crunch. And some crunch. butter butters. Like caramel yeah. and then like a oh my caramel God. corn. Um, well, um, what's the stuff? The fluff? Nougat. No. Uh, cream? Whipped cream. No. Marshmallow sauce. Mar- it's like a marshmallow, but there's a name for it. You can buy like oh, these jars. Yeah, of yeah. The, oh. the mellow cream. Marsh- it's like mallow Fantas- fluff. Oh, yeah. You make fantasy fudge out of it. Yeah. That's, that's what you do. Marshmallow cream. Fluff it marshmallow butter? Marshmallow yeah. cream, yeah. Yep. Nutter? Oh, my God. Fluffer? I had a... Uh, fluffer? Cinnamon. Fluffer nutter. Fluffer nutter. Cinnamon whipped cream. <laughs> that's a porn thing. Fluffer. Yeah, nut fluffers are <laughs> yeah. definitely oh, a, that's that's a different thing. A different, <laughs> a different thing. Not... No. Look, you have what you want, and I'll have what I want. No. Just no. Okay, so back to the difficult question. Bluff or crunch? I'll go last. I got a lot to say about it, but I'll, I want to go last. Well, why don't you do a little now okay, I'll to do get a us rolling, now. and then you All can right. end. Okay. The, the problem here is how do you determine the value of something that is strictly narrative? It's simple to say you have a, pl- a plus two bonus to hit chaotic evil creatures you can determine most of the people you're going to be fighting are chaotic evil so you can figure out in the math under the hood building the character how much that stuff is worth but how much is that other thing worth the fact is you can't know that that value 
is 100% dependent on the GM and the GM determining when and where that drawback is going to take place. That, right. That problem is going to take place. You have some GMs who are relentless about that, especially certain things. You have some GMs who, if it's not kind of fitting into where things are, they're not going to worry about it. That's kind of what camp yeah. I fall into. Yeah. Yep. If it, I'll, it, it's something I note, and it's on my list of stuff to always have in front of me. This character has a weakness for gold or mm-hmm. whatever it might be. But until we hit a point where maybe I can use that as a carrot to 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 cause some problems, but I'm not going to throw that sort of problem in front of the guy constantly all of the time. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And it's like I think sometimes with GMs, it's what interests you and what you feel uh, – maybe creatively is inspiring more fun gameplay or more interaction or engagement from the PCs. So some people's, you know, narrative balance is not going to be as focused on as other people's. Mm -hmm. So if everybody's really into the Paladin's oath and uh, how he, how, you know, strict or rigid he is with the rest of the, the PCs, you know, that might get played up a lot more than somebody else's, you know, narrative part of their mechanical bonus. Right. Yeah. And the sense. paladin's going around saying, hey, language. No, I no. feel like I'm in a language. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I think sometimes that absolutely happens where it's like you have four, four characters at the table and there are a couple things that get played up a lot and other people's don't as much. And is that important or does that matter? Or is it, you know, as long as everybody's having fun? I, I'm still wrestling with this concept because, and I keep coming back to this, and it's a kind of maybe an sh- offshoot, but I'm going to try to try to tie this together here in my thoughts. I keep thinking of like, say, the bard character or Shugenja character, which has a lot of fluff elements to their character. It's about interacting with people. It's about manipulating people. It's about diplomacy. It's about socialization. And those are harder to quantify. There, are, It's kind of a breakdown between quantifying and qualifying. Some some of these characters spend mm-hmm. a lot, have a lot of abilities in qualities, like how to talk to social stuff. Um, depending on the system you have, there might be a numerical value attached. With bards have a, a die roll that, you know, yes, you make your charisma check, you enchant the entire crowd. But sometimes it also just breaks down to how well they're able to role play the things. Now, I'm also thinking of if you're going to have a mechanical value, aren't there systems out there that deal with qualities in a mechanical way? For example, Fate or even Apocalypse World, where. We say yes. I am. Let's let's maybe take the the Spirit of Seventy Seven game that we had. Yes, I am going to be an alien, right? And we and you and you work off that quality the entire game, and it's it's becomes part of the mechanical system of the game. Well, you're an alien, so that we start basing roles and stuff around that. Am I taking you too far afield? Or did I lose you? Or I'm not making any sense. I don't think in the kind of games you're talking about, this is an issue at all. Okay. I think this is more of an issue um, in your more traditional games. 
if it's an issue at all. Now, and see, I am always happy to exchange a mechanical advantage for giving me a story advantage because that's the way I look at it as right. the GM. So if someone says, oh, I, uh, I have plus two against all undead creatures, right, but I have to, you know, pray at sunrise every morning or something, mm-hmm. right, um, or – or um, I'm, or my power is refreshing to this, which is maybe, but anything where it's like that, or you have a dependent, right? That's a great one from like mm-hmm. champions. Okay, be dependent. There they say how often they get involved. To me, it doesn't matter. It's the fact that there's something there, and it doesn't have to happen all the time. Right. If you always have a, a mechanical advantage, whether it's all the time or at certain times or in specific circumstances, but I've gotten something an exchange that I can use to further the story, to make something interesting happen for your character, you know, to throw something out. The mm-hmm. one that was the funniest to me in GURPS was Triskaidekaphobia, which is fear of the number 13, right. which is worth like neg five points or something. Yeah, right? It's kind of a throwaway. Right. It's kind of a throwaway. For most, for most games. Yeah, most of the time. But every now and then, all it, all it takes is for you just to throw something in where there's 13 of them. Right, and then the player has to look. Or the address is thirteen. Thirteen, yeah, and they can't go. One three, one three, one. I can't go to that con. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So those are those are all really interesting (laughs) elements you can use. You can use with people. I mean, there's there's such a tapestry that gets laid out in front of you in that way. Tapestry. I would I would be very happy to give someone mechanical advantages for that, and it's also great. Like you said, Stu, to have notes there on mm-hmm. what's important to people or yeah. what those things are, because they'll just happen in a game, right? Right, and then you or, or the opportunity to accentuate it will happen in a game, and now suddenly, when it wasn't a big part of your plot preparation, you have uh, a moment that is very personal and meaningful to a character or a player. Absolutely, mm-hmm. I think those moments are so pivotal in a game, um, and I mean for. Like the role players who picked those, you know, their disads and want to play to mm-hmm. their disads or whatever. And also kind of for the min-maxers who sometimes are like, oh, you know, Trista, whatever it is. Like, no one will ever worry about that. And then that's when Stu has his little notes right next to him. He's like, yes, this pivotal moment in the game is at 13, 13, 13th Street. <laughs> your your right. move. Your move, right. min-maxer, or, go. Yes, or you, yeah. can be, you can be paid in one of two ways. Yeah. One is that you can be uh, <laughs> yeah. given... Uh, uh, this donkey or thirteen platinum? You're yeah, like, right. Fuck! I'll take the donkey. <laughs> yeah. Can I take twelve platinum? No, no. Can I see your character sheet, please? Oh wait, you have Is a thirteen there... intelligence. You can't think. You can't. <laughs> <laughs> Terrified of your own intelligence. Oh man. So is the onus on both the player and the GM to try to weave those pieces in? Absolutely, and I think I would that's think so. Yeah, I mean, I. I don't know, we're kind of well, weaving off topic, but I think I, I think having those things, and like we all kind of sometimes forget them while we have our list of stuff at the bottom sure. of our character sheet or whatever, but I think it's important, um, I think it's important if you take those disads, or you play to, like yeah. kind of like our phrase, we like to use playing to our disads, and so inspired by a con years ago, um, but I think it's important to kind of own them and take them and and be honest about them. Like you can't just re- you can't only be afraid of thirteen when the GM remembers you're going to be. That yeah, kind of defeats the purpose. That's like actually a super fun disad if you play it because <laughs> yeah. you'll walk into a tavern. How many tables are there? 
Like I like yeah. just ask questions mm-hmm. all the time about numbers of things, mm-hmm. and then whenever the GM, then that allows the GM to do it whenever he wants to do it. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Or if he gets annoyed at you asking that kind of thing, he'll say, like, "I'll tell you when there's thirteen of something." <laughs> <Right>. Okay. <laughs> just roll two d six, and if you get a thirteen, there's thirteen. <laughs> I think. I think the the onus is more on the GM because it is the GM who creates the circumstances. So the, the when, when a player's got whatever that issue is, anosmia, that's another thing mm-hmm. that the min-maxers used to love to take, that you have no sense of smell. Or taste. <laughs> is it both? No sense of taste and smell is okay. anosmia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is... Uh, really dangerous in a world with rotting food everywhere and no refrigeration and things yeah. like that uh, almost never comes up it's very rare for it to come up and uh and it should on occasion uh no one i mean i i'm kind of on there are players who take disadvantages because they need to take disadvantages and there are players who take disadvantages because they want to play a character with that trait they want to play, like when I played a blind character, I wanted to play a blind character and see how often, and it's remarkable how often it came up. Uh, mm-hmm. It affects everything. <laughs> Guys, <laughs> I can't run into the house. I'm standing out here. Someone's got to leave me where we're going to go. That, like, it didn't my, occur to anybody we need to lead you into the house. My favorite thing is when they like, there's a bar. Okay, I'm going to walk into the bar. Okay, here's what you see. Nothing, right? Because I'm blind. Blind. They, well, they sent the blind guy into the bar to scope it out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's stuff like that happened all the time. I don't know if I can. Yeah, I can. I guess I can probably go up a ladder myself. I just someone has to tell me when to stop. <laughs> um, well, when you get to the top, it takes a really long time, right? Yeah, it's like I think that was the last rung. <laughs> right, right. Now you know how many steps there are. Go back up again. Well, there was. was remember yours. the game we played back in college where I had a compulsive liar. <laughs> Oh, awesome. we got to remind me more. So I had a character who was a compulsive liar. He was an elf, and the weird thing about him is that he had been <laughs> he had been disowned by the elves because he had no magical ability. I had I had a I had I had that 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 weird disad power that was like no magic could affect me and I can't use magic. I think you actually had magic kind of resistance had, or magic resistance, yeah. right? <clears throat> and so uh, and so the the elves were like, oh. You're like anti magic. You're out of here. Apostate. And so I became this. So the character became a compulsive liar. And I had, like, I had a a sword that I claimed was magical that wasn't. And there was a a magical barrier we had to go through. And so I took the sword and I moved it in front of me. And then I walked through the barrier because it wouldn't affect me. And everybody's like, I just like, well, I have a magic sword. My my sword, <laughs> Ward Cleaver, has brought me through. <laughs> Ward but, Cleaver. And, but, I remember that. But now. everything that Carol, I, I, and I had to roll dice. I made myself roll dice <clears throat> to tell the truth about something, even if it was super important. <laughs> and I just lied about everything all the time. Right. Right. And that was, I think that was like a 10-point disad or something, but I played it like all the fucking time because right. it happens all the time. Yeah. And that's that's... When you have a player who's picked a disadvantage because I think this is going to be a fun p- thing to play, that shit needs to come up. But in most cases, you probably don't need to do a lot. You just have to give them the opportunity once in a while, and then mm-hmm. I think so. And I mean, but for the players that t- are taking a disadvantage because they need to take an extra five point disadvantage, because like in the case of Gerps, I know he didn't call in, write in about Gerps really, but. 
they want you to take like 45 points in diss ads. I've always found that to be too many. And like yeah. 30 or 35 is plenty. That gives you like two or three major character flaws. Or, well, two oh, yeah. usually mm-hmm. major character flaws. But you're li- able to leave the padded room. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But when you start getting into 45 or 55, you start to create a character that's going to have a little trouble functioning at all. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And th- there's a point where having events come up too often becomes punitive. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a tendency to do that. Yeah. Um, Punitive on the player and on the other players. Because mm-hmm. exactly. there's some people who right. really like thrive, like, oh, I get to yeah. be the center of attention every time this comes up. That's great. But then like the yeah. other players start sometimes losing focus. They start mm-hmm. getting annoyed at it. So Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off no. with your next part. <coughs> That's but, true, though. And, and it's okay to not have... The strawberries be poisoned, so the guy with anosmia doesn't... I mean, you can not... The th- number 13 doesn't have to show up everywhere. Mm-hmm. It doesn't even have to show up once a session. Pick a critical moment mm-hmm. when it suddenly will show up. Yeah. A dramatic moment would be awesome. Yeah. But you don't have to, like, throw that stuff in there all the time. Because yeah. it gets... It's, it's going to become no fun for the player, especially if the player took that particular thing because they just had to take an extra thing, mm-hmm. right? Um, now, on the other hand, if a character is playing a paladin, they chose to play a paladin, right? right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So if you've you've got a oath, and I think in fifth you pick what you want. For you your you pick person. your yeah you do having played a paladin, right? Uh, mm-hmm. You you do pick an oath, um, and that guides how you basically then kind of look at the world, right, and how you interact with it. And it'll be things like you are just not fair, right, mm-hmm. or you are you – know, and, and they'll give you some parameters with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that does then uh, – I think that be, that the onus is on the player at that point because yes. I know when I was – playing Drang, I looked at what are the different ones I want. While I took the mechanical aspects into consideration, I also really looked at what did the path actually mean? What did I, what did that add to my character and to my role playing? Right. And then doing that. But I think that's also the kind of thing where when it's something that goes that deep into a character's makeup, I, d- I think that the GM should talk with the character about that if you have a player who's not, like, just totally into it, right, mm-hmm. and does it on well, their own. that's what I was going to say. With the Paladins, just as a, as a title, you can pick this up in a second. As a Paladin, there's an actual problem if you don't follow your code. Your powers can go away. Your god can say, you're not following your growth. Bye. Well, as opposed should. to somebody who just can't, yeah. just can't taste food. Mm-hmm. That's, the, that's not really... He's not going to lose all of his cool abilities because he didn't bother to... Take, you know, right. Say yeah. that. So, carry on. No, but I, I, I think that that is a thing where the paladin is is almost the extreme case, or like clerics that have to follow a certain god, and you want to do things that are in keeping with that that god and that mm-hmm. theology. Um, but on the flip side, when it's something that gives you a direct mechanical advantage, right? And that's that's the interesting thing about paladins for example it's like you get spells you get abilities <coughs> you get bonuses against certain monster types thing for this trade-off when mm-hmm. it's just a disad like anosmia yeah right, it's like well that's just points i got to spend on something else unspecified yeah. right right 
Um, but I think that that when you have the one that's more closely tied like that, when you get to that point in in a character's progression, right? Like in fifth edition, I think it was level three. I mean, I, the oath choice happens, mm-hmm. so you kind of already know the character a little bit. The GM has a good sense for what the player is trying to do, and if you look at what's there, that could give you new plot threads or new things to look out for, right? To to me, it's again, it comes back to the here's the opportunity for me to be put something out there that the player now has to deal with, yeah. that they should have to deal with because of what the disadvantages they took or yeah. the or the the trade off they made. Yeah, I think um, kind of. I think that's super important to make sure that those things are connected. I also think um, with things like anosmia where it's a little less quantifiable, I really like Stu's suggestion from earlier about a die roll. And you just kind of threw it out there when we were talking about the number of tables. Right. But I think that's also a really great way to kind of make a mechanic for something that is more narrative. Mm-hmm. Like, roll a die roll. If it's an even number, then yes, this you know, then there's 13 tables. Right. Or whatever it is. So then it's not just like the GM's decision either. It's sort of like hit or miss, depending on what the disad is that, that can be something that you can throw in there too. So it's a little bit more random and a little bit like not coming up all the time. I think a lot in hero and also in GURPS, a lot of disadvantages have a die roll attached to them. Yeah. Um, Some systems don't though. Yeah. But, uh, even uh, <coughs> Edge of the Empire, all those mm-hmm. have the fuck. What's it called? Um, what's the thing you got when you herpes make the, <laughs> <laughs> when you make the character herpes? I don't know. You're running the game tomorrow. So well, no, if you make like, characters herpes, yeah, but yeah. it's not using Gerpies. that though. It's not using yeah. that. It's the um, uh, it's duty in Age of <laughs> Rebellion. And what it, uh, <coughs> obligation the obligation mechanic okay <clears throat> and and so that there again the obligation can come up when the GM rolls you're supposed to do it at the beginning of the session someone had suggested another podcast I don't remember who it was had suggested always do that at the end of the previous so the GM oh, has yeah. time to prep yeah <laughs> but my, one of my favorite things to see on a character sheet is an enemy I love enemies because mm-hmm. that gives me allies for whoever yep. my big bad guy is, or it might replace my big bad guy. It mm-hmm. has in the past. Yeah, but I love getting NPCs, either, uh, especially negatively. I mean, um, either rivals, enemies, or even dependents. As Bill was talking about, those are like gifts yep. to the GM. That is like here's here's a couple of members for your cast that my character is directly tied to that I made so they're they're special to me already. Mm -hmm. You don't have to Mm -hmm. create the rapport with this character or create the bad feelings. I've already done that for you. Well, there's the great thing in in when you're doing character gen in Traveler where at the end of every term, two players can make a connection. And there's a direct mechanical advantage. You both get to take a skill out of that. Mm -hmm. But you now have a built-in reason why these characters know each other, why they have a history, why they hang out together or adventure together whatever it is and usually it also gives you some strengthening of one of the plot threads that have come up right in the character mm-hmm. creation to let you build whole storylines off of if you want mm-hmm. and even though i agree with you that i think the gm has a little more responsibility to let those opportunities show up in gameplay um 
the fact is going to be if you pick maybe blood phobia as your, mm-hmm. you know, as the thing versus, I don't know, something that's a lot less. Well, yeah, what you're talking about is, is something that's inevitably going to show yeah, up in the game. Right. As opposed to anosmia. Until right. I put right. poison mushroom soup right. in front of you, right. it's not going to be a problem. So the GM has to create the reality that's going to that's going to cause the disadvantage to Absolutely. come into mm-hmm. to, to come into play. Well, if it's a danger, right? Because you could also have where they've been out adventuring a whole bunch. They come into town. Oh, that's true. Right? And somebody's like, "Oh, oh my God, what is that stench?" <laughs> and it's the player with the nose because isn't it? When's the last time you took a bath? I don't know. Like they don't bathe because it doesn't bother them, right? And suddenly people are like, "Oh, yeah, you you can't come in here." Like you guys can no, go. You go sleep right. in the stables. Right? I mean, there's other fun things you can do with that because of what the character wouldn't be thinking of. Mhm. Right now, everybody in DD is going, I don't know if I've ever role-played taking a bath. Ooh, uh, mm, I don't think any of us have ever bathed. I didn't. Uh, game I, con, I, I, didn't I didn't fatal once. Did you? Yeah. yeah. So, I, took, I took the entire bath up my ass. Did you? Yep. <laughs> you critically failed and, and just the I critically failed, yep. Butt. It was a drain-up. <laughs> you, you, you had rolled really high on your... Anal circumference. Yeah. All oh, right. It says I see. It says I have an enema, not an enemy. I've been playing oh, this wrong the whole time. God. Hang on. All right. It's a fifteen pointer too. Hang on. We should go on to the, the second. That reminds me of something that I wanted to mention. I started listening to a podcast. It's a history podcast called Hardcore History. It's by a wow. guy named Dan Carlin. Mm-hmm. Fantastic I like show. That. Fantastic mm. show. He puts up. Um, and, the, and one of the episodes I listened to was four hours long. Wow. Uh, it, it was <laughs> about, down. oh my God. And and they're like heavily researched. Yeah. And it's. Oh, it's so not us. Never mind. Oh. <laughs> Most of our four hours is like. Guy's fantastic. Drunken and he's, babble. <laughs> he's a great storyteller. <laughs> there is something on television called Drunken History, by the way. Oh, it's so good. The best thing oh, yeah. ever. So good. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Anyway. So good. But like. Uh, he did. He did one about the Spanish American War, and the sinking of the the Maine, which may or may not have been an, an accident, and may have not have been the Spanish the fault of the Spanish. Yeah. Um, if you talks, watch X Files, there's a whole thing about. Uh, right, it, it talks. <laughs> that's my history. Talks a lot much. about um, uh, Theodore Roosevelt, and the reason I bring this up is, um, as I'm listening to this episode about the Spanish American War and all of the stuff leading up to it and how it happened. I had 15 or 20 uh, game ideas. Oh, I bet. On, yeah. Around the, the circumstances where you could have. Because you're talking about that era. You're talking about the Steam era, right? So it, it doesn't take a whole lot. Like, if you're running a Steampunk game, you could run it right then. Because Teddy Roosevelt should be right there, fucking in the middle of every Bully. Steampunk <laughs> yeah. game, right? <clears throat> but, like, the, 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 for instance, the sinking of the main. Was it an accident? Was it a Spanish plot that caused it to happen? You mean RPGs based on history, yeah. like gone awry? But what I'm only ta- geniuses <laughs> run games like that. What I'm talking about, though, <laughs> mostly is listen to this Most. guy's podcast because he gives you an enormous amount of detail about all of the events surrounding it and a real sense for what the society and the culture is like. So I'm right now. I'm listening to a series based on the uh, the Mongols. It's a five-part series. I'm going to guess it's going to be about ten hours of this guy talking. 
Um, but by the time it's finished, I will be able to run a Mongol campaign. Is Kimmy leaving? Bye, Kimmy. Are you leaving? I'm back. I'm coming. Back. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Good. But <laughs> she's like, I'm coming back, back. <laughs> so, yeah. Woo. What you, you know, you know uh, another great podcast, which I have also picked up mm-hmm. in a completely different way. Things for GMing, interesting enough, is Freakonomics. It's, really? It's I've run by these economics times. professors. No, I've heard it. And it's, there's, but things they talk about, um, uh, uh, um, CBT, which is basically how to change people's behaviors, it's behavior therapy, was a whole session on things. There was a, a two-parter that they did on um, suspense hmm. and, and how to tell stories of suspense and excitement and basically the economics behind that. Hmm. And how to get that to pay Fear off and everything? Wondering. Yeah, there's it was so that's it's a great podcast, but I love that you can in podcasts sometimes you don't expect you can pull out these. I can't tell you how many plots I've gotten out of Snopes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just just yeah, I, you can do a search on Google and come up with great ideas. But yeah. I like what you're saying about history for sure. I, yeah, uh, yeah. You, sometimes there's a situation that happens like, and you can just take that situation, mm. say it's in the Stame era, and drop it into a science fiction thing. Uh, absolutely, it, it <coughs> absolutely. A ship going down. It could be a starship. It doesn't have to be a battleship, uh-huh. or it doesn't have to be a steamship. And everything that happened around it can just be <laughs> completely re- reused. I love that. It's also there's great a, show. There's a. I wanted to read what Tomes. Oh yeah, what go ahead. Yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. He was like uh, Tomes was saying. I like to watch a movie with things going on. I like to play a game with things going on. If the character has a thirteen phobe is thirteen phobic and they make a point of it and it doesn't come up in the movie, that's a shitty movie. Right. I also noticed that there was a conversation yes. in the chat room about fair versus fun. I yeah. will always come down on the side of fun mm-hmm. instead of yep. making sure it's fair. Because if it's yeah. fun, that's the most important thing. It's not fair. You spent all the time with him because yeah. he was he was like he kept he has like the thirteen thing right. and I didn't think if this said that was fun and you paid attention to him. That's not what I was thinking. All right. But well and that because then that's not fun for that person. Well but it's more you know what I mean? But it's more like, well, I don't know if, if it's fair that they get a plus two against this disad, but if but if being able to occasionally use that disad and get the story stuff from it and that character's doing interesting stuff because of his mechanical advantage, if that's fun, I care more about that than whether the trade-off is a fair trade I see. Alright. It's a good distinction. Alright. Thank you very yeah. much. Because no, the GM is... Uh, this. Sailorn uh, says, isn't the GM supposed to be fair and unbiased? <laughs> I, I don't... I don't I don't necessarily think so. Well, because I think he was he was saying earlier that he thought uh, that kind of highlighting people's flaws uh, was unfair to them. And that the chat room was saying, no, that's part of if somebody picked that and put it on their character sheet, they want that highlighted. Well, or they some players, that's what I was kind of getting to. Yeah. Some players want that. Some players don't. Some players just want the mechanical advantage to and, keep taking the... Or yeah. they've got to take an extra five points, yeah. and they don't know what to do. That, that so, I mean, true. but I, I, I think most GMs can figure out who, which kind of player he's dealing with, usually. I think that's true. Uh, and then you know if you've got the guy who, you know, took the disadvantage that's going to... that He's incredibly ugly and then goes out and decides he wants to buy a mask. Okay, yeah, you wear a mask all the time. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, 
That's fine. That's fine. not creepy at That's all. <laughs> That's never happened. You're not ugly now. You're just creepy. Yeah. <laughs> Super creepy. You wear a mask all the time. You're just creepy. on one half of my face. Go <laughs> <laughs> found some of the opera. You're arrested in every town because Christine, you're suspicious. Yeah. Sing right. for me, Christine. Mysteriously, someone with a mask just like yours robs every town that you are about to be in. Dun dun dun. People, do, people immediately distrust you because you're wearing a mask. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, they think you're Crab Clan. No, 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 uh, uh, Scorpion. <laughs> Scorpion. Scorpion. Right. It's been or, too long since I played it. Oh my god, I love that game. It's so much fun. It's such a good game. Mm. Yeah, what? I want to do it. We were in the middle of one and we just stopped. What happened? No, that that story is over. No, oh, okay. Yeah. The next generation will rise up, be sent out by the Inukai to find out what happened to the party when they went to Death Island and never returned. <laughs> <laughs> that they're going to find us like drunk, still sitting there in front of the wall trying to figure out yeah, what how to, to get in. Yeah. <laughs> There's skeletons in front of it. Speaking of which, after Thanksgiving, we have to schedule the next Star Wars game. Yeah. I don't want it to die. I don't remember what happened. I'm I'm assuming it isn't. No, it's not. But just the last time I put a schedule thing up, it was amazing how there was always at least one, if not two people, that couldn't do it all in different times. Oh, no. It was totally weird. It was one of those. I did notice that, too. You do that same thing. You don't take the foil off. You just kind of pulverize. Well, that was my fault. I cut the foil and then pulled the thing out. Oh, because I'm not drinking from it. I just sort of handed it off. I didn't. All right. I didn't clean it. Mage twentieth anniversary from Jerry. Who would like to read this? I'll do Jerry. Jerry. Greetings, Jerry. Racist. Juberberry on the forums. I'm not racist. I'm having a moment of enmity with our friends in France. I'm yes, too fat hello. to run races. I can't. I just. I, <laughs> <laughs> if, I, if I were to run a race, I'd have a heart attack. Uh, next. You know what you should do? You should join Nerdstrong Gym and, like, fix that. Is it full of races? Oh, no. <laughs> I'm his up heart. I thought you just couldn't put him on. He's doing like 1950s comedy. Yes, oh. he is. It was like, you know what? I was before you were born. <laughs> I'm going to run, awesome. gonna run the, the, the fair 5K this year, this, this next spring. Does anybody actually run it? Wait, what are you going to run? Or is it's it really more of like a... Fair does a if, if they didn't do it last year, but if they do it this year, I'm going to run it. It's really more of a stagger than a run, isn't it? No, it's early in the morning. <laughs> you might actually be able to run it, yeah. It's a, it's a waddle. But it's like, what, 3.1 miles? 5K? I think it's a myth. No, it happened two years ago. I know for a fact it I know I Did missed it. Did you see it? I slept right through it. I saw the shirts. They hadn't made shirts. <laughs> well, then it had to have happened. I almost right. Let's everywhere. just make shirts. I sell <laughs> shirts. And there was. There's there was one. Little plastic one. Let's make a 5K shirts and sell them. <laughs> no, marathon. Go for gold. There you go. Marathon. <laughs> Uh, uh, Jewberry on the forums, the brainy side of Oregon, west or, you know of the Hold on a second. Sir. One second. Here's what we do. Jewberry. You're, you're, on our instruments, we get the, the two, uh, 26.1 stickers and then, like, stick them on everything we have. Nice. Like all the marathons we've done. Nice. <laughs> I'll get a tattoo to my ass. It should be, a, we should have a beer-a-thon. You have to drink 26.1 beers. That's what it is. You should have that, that number. And then just like beers in little in little right, tiny right. letters. That'd be bottom. awesome. Sorry, go ahead. Story. Uh, you should start over because we have. We, yeah, we Greetings we from Jerry from the Silicon Shire Juberberry on the forums, the, the brainy side of Oregon, west of the Cascades, in the Silicon Shire. 
I'm not sure where the Silicon Shire is. I guess it is he just west said. of the Cascades. It's but the west of the Cascades the is like, I mean, it could Oregon. be Portland. It could be Eugene. That's all west of the Cascades. I mean, it's a big... It's well, a no, I'm going to say I'm going to say this. Look at the this. big if geography it, brain on well, just I don't know what that means. <laughs> I'm going to say if it's He's the Brady side, up. that sounds more like a Eugene than a Portland. Ah, right. Because oh. the 80s you, are alive in Portland. Is that where they talk about black Oh, my God. Keep reading. He gave us a that. drinking game. First the rules. Out. Anytime I t- oh, okay. type the word... Oh, I need wine. Technocracy. Take a drink. See, boo. I'm already against you. Right well, there. no, I, I, hate, I don't like the technocracy. Well, here's image. the thing. Uh, I'm going to be saying it, so we don't actually have to drink. Because he said, "Type it." All right, well, I'm going to have uh, a drink anyway. I'm with you, Juberberry. Yeah. No Who offense cares? to the Eastern Oregon residents. That was in response to a question asked by a host, and my email reply to it got dropped in the great email purge of the early 2015. Is that what Eastern Oregon Oregonians uh, sound like? Eastern Oregon is one of the harshest deserts on the planet, and it's yeah, what? it's kind of. Is it really? Yeah, it really is. People so on the other side of those mountains, that's it's where the fun. rain stops. It hits those mountains. What's the next state over? Idaho, Jundland wastes, uh, Utah. I think it's right Utah. next to Kansas. It's, 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 it's Portland, it's, Eugene, Tatooine, Tatooine. <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure? It might be I, Idaho. Yeah, I think it's Wait, Idaho. Because I went through Idaho, I'm like, holy fuck, this is barren land. Yeah. There's like nothing here. Wait, look, there's a city. <laughs> I was shocked. That's, that's a lot of the middle of America. Like everything from like California. Microphone. Sorry. Everything from like a little bit east of California. Like there's a giant bunch of nothing. There's a lot of farms. Well, and then yeah. there's New York. But not in Idaho. Well, farms are kind of like farms are important and I like farms, but there's also a lot of nothing on a farm because they, by definition, need space to grow things. Right? Yeah, farmers would disagree that it's nothing. Well, I, I mean, like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. Not like philosophical nothing, but like no, you're not right. structures, like big open space. We live in one of the two fifty mile wide strips of interesting land in the country. I don't disagree. Yeah. With you. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Farmers would disagree, but they'd have to be able to hear this podcast. Which is, <laughs> right. And don't most of them shit. don't have the internet. I don't get none of these internets on my flip phone. <laughs> We I would like to apologize uh, yes. <laughs> to the ninety percent of our listeners who live in America's bread basket because that's where all of you fuckers are. And by the way, send us some fucking bread if you're living there. Jeez, or at least a basket and some of the or some water. Some of the too busy agreeing with us, guys. Come on, Coney Island root beer and shit. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's like amazing. Oh. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Don't send us Coney Island whitefish. Whatever cream. you do with ice cream. All right. Recently. You have been discussing one of my favorite games of all time, Mage the Ascension. Mage. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bless you. I ran a short campaign of this game back in the 90s, and it was a great deal of fun. I recently also invested in the monolithic 20th anniversary edition of the game, having been unaware of the Kickstarter that funded its creation. I have my copy, too. I laid down the money to pre-order the deluxe edition with premium paper. Holy shit! And it's wonderful! Right. I have lost almost 10 pounds while reading and now can bench 250. Seriously, Kimmy's like 250. Nice. What yeah. <laughs> to fail, see Benching 250 is pretty good. Oh, yeah. Kimmy, what'd you get? You got. You were up to... Weren't you higher benching? than 250? No. Not benching. Oh, all right. Seriously, the book weighs in at over 5 pounds and 3 inches thick. Unfortunately, it made me feel so insecure about myself. I had to buy a sports car to compensate. Ba-dum-bum. Ha, Where that. is it? Where's, oh, there it is. Come on. Hey, Ed from Minnesota. Thank you. So, far, I am loving the book. It's very entertaining. 
I did, it was very Christopher Walken. It's, oh, far. I'm loving the book. It's very entertaining, uh, Reed. After flipping through it and looking at all the great art, I'm reading it page by page. Jesus. That's, I'm a, up. Good, that's a good way to read I something. Am. You know, just thinking. <laughs> Wait just, a minute. Just off the no. top of my head. So I tried reading it page? one, like every other page, and it yeah. did not make as much sense. I've just, never read a game really? book that way, though. Neither have I. That's weird. I you do. You hop around. I usually read like setting stuff and then I read like character creation and then like spells. Like. I just did that on my day off the other day. I was reading Vampire, Vampire the Requiem mm-hmm. from start to finish. I didn't finish it and listening to totally 90s goth music. I was like a time traveler. <laughs> I was listening to like Love and Rockets. Well, and the well, yes! Yeah. yeah. <laughs> to, to be fair, you know, with the mage and vampire and all that, there yeah. was it's White Wolf, right? It's all the uh, yeah, uh, it's all the, path, yeah. and they loved their backstory. They are so in love with Hells, their settings. Yeah. My God, it, oh, to yeah. get through these books, you're like, oh my God, I'm really tired of reading about Drist for fuck or whatever it is. It seems like right. you're reading a Drist novel. Good Jesus God, Christ! Man. All right, here's character generation. <laughs> Thank God. Well, I mean, they layout wise, you know what is story fiction right. and what is their the uh, game mechanics but they're so in they're love with their world wait yeah, they spend the <clears throat> hundreds of pages going and, through the story and I, there's not a lot of that the kind of stuff you're talking about which is all over um vampire the requiem yeah mm-hmm. there's pa- several pages of all of the uh new world books are like that absolutely uh, yeah. but i haven't i don't think there's a lot of that kind of fiction in Mage, I started to look through Mage, and I was like, it was they really love the world. world. Yeah, they're spending a lot of time trying like defining editions. It's all and, yeah. and it's yeah. all yeah. and they talk about yeah. why this word is it, and it talks about some Mage. But, you're like, but oh it's more, God. it's more, it's more setting than tone. I guess. I guess. Yeah. All right. Sorry. I, I, here's stop splitting true. hairs. Uh, I'm on page 173 of 700 ish. <laughs> right. For those determined to run this bad boy, I recommend taking notes. Because the book tries to be comprehensive and respectful of the different meta plots explored by earlier revisions, there are a lot of decision points t- uh, to note. The book does an exceedingly good job at making these moments clear so you can note page numbers and come back to them when ready to outline your campaign world's details. Which, I guess, kind of addresses what we were saying. Yeah. I'm determined to shift one or two groups over to Mage in the next four to six months, and this leaves me with a number of questions. Which group do I move over? A. Move it. Group A. Group A. <laughs> group A. Is yeah. they the first? Because they're yep. the first of the alphabet? Sure. All right. We have a motion on the table to move group A. Do I read a second? What second. If it's, what if it's a group one inst- <laughs> of two? Oh, I'm fit. Whoa. Whoa. Go ahead. It's algebra it. all of a sudden. <laughs> it won't fit. <laughs> the second group is a subset. Of the larger group, three players I met every Tuesday, or uh, uh, three players and I meet every Tuesday and are currently playing. No, wait, Shadow you skipped. Wait, you skipped the little paragraph. Di- I did, didn't I? Which group do I move? I over? shall start again. I'm determined to shift one of my two groups over to Mage in the next four to six months, and this leaves me with a number of questions. Whoa, Which group do I move over? Right. I have one large group of five players that meets every other Saturday. We play D and D five E, and everyone seems to be having. Fun though we move at a snail's pace due to the lag between sessions. Kimmy has the opener. You have the opener. Oh, it's right by the that second thing. group is a subset of the larger group. Three players and I meet every Tuesday and are currently playing Shadowrun Fourth Edition. I am inclined to move the smaller group over because the Shadowrun takes a lot of prep and the World of Darkness games tend to be a lot more narrative. And I find this works well with 
these smaller groups because everyone gets a spotlight. Second, wait, wait, wait. maybe we should answer that. Uh, one. Okay. All right. Yeah. So that so that's why I said Group A, which is the smaller group, because the Group One is the bigger group. group. I, I would maybe you should ask the groups. And Fuck that! Don't see ask them. If no. Fuck them. One is interested the in no. the other. No. See, I was going to say do what Stu does, which is Stu is currently running what three games? Two. All right, two games. All right, and what you have well, done in the past is you've got two, and you're planning a third. You've got, but you you yeah. call to your player, you talk to your players, and some of the players from both groups can then maybe join a third group. And then he just stops planning one. And then I'm just what? <laughs> one just stops meeting. Ever. My, my guess is that how, he does not have the end. amount of free time that Stu does to run games. Stu doesn't have any free time. Mm-hmm. He just makes time. You just do that. You say, "All right, well, this is going to meet every Monday. If you can't show up on Monday, you can't be in the, the game. Done." <laughs> That's, that's, that's not his, how I do it anymore. No, that's his free time. Because that's how I ended up with 11 players in the game. Yeah. No, there's something um, but there. I, but when the D&D game ends, I want to run I want to run Star Wars Edge of Empire and expand the group. See, this already, because he, he's like super interested in Edge of Empire, it's like, 5th edition will die. The players no, no, will it, die. Uh, we're, we're, I'm like, two, we're like so episodes. fucking close to the end of this, of this story arc. Except that we keep them magically finding ways to go like, no, no, we're going to sit and talk uh, to the Pasha. <laughs> and, uh, can, you know, and then we're Bruce is going to dance. The and then uh, we're going to sell the bear. And then, and then, uh, and then we're going to sell him. We're going to sell him. Ha, okay, so much for your storyline, fucky. <laughs> actually, Did Kimmy's you- right. You asked the groups which one of them want to yeah. go. Yeah. Well, okay. or, yeah. I didn't mean actually like Kimmy's not usually right. I meant. But I do think, I think right. smaller group in a world of darkness yeah. setting is smarter uh, because those uh, stories tend to need a lot of spotlight time yeah. for your. The to me, the compelling reason to do the five is if you really do want to um, put it to the players, or if you think there might be people not there occasionally. Because uh, with two, it would maybe be a little harder to play if you're missing a player. But if there's five and people can't play every session or something, but right. I think, I think smaller group. Yeah. So the way to social engineer, <laughs> social engineer this, cause I'm a girl and we manipulate everything. <laughs> yeah, um, is you ask a small group first and if they say yes, yeah. then you're, yay, then you're just done. Then you're set. And I, then if they say no, then you ask the other group. I totally just had to text somebody today and was asking questions. I said, sorry, I was like totally over facilitating. Yeah. I was like trying to facilitate shit. I but won't that be weird? What if do. he asked the smaller group first? They like, Oh no, we're really not in that system. It's a subset of the bigger group. So then if he goes to the bigger group, it's got all the smaller group people in it. Oh, that's true. I, f- I missed that point. Fuck so, those people. Then he asks the people that aren't in the smaller group. And then you group. bribe the ones who aren't in the smaller group. You should run a creepy online game yeah. where you're in darkness the whole and time. And everyone wears masks. Just start masks. doing a terrible job of running whichever game you don't want to continue. <laughs> And just be terrible and like really boring. And then your players will send us a, a nightmare. Give me yeah. nightmare. It'll benefit us. And right. then they'll quit and then you can start a new game. And then when they send but but tell us what you're gonna do to make your game bad. <laughs> so when we get the email from them yes. as, with you as being a nightmare story, we can say, you know what would actually fix your guys' problem if you played Mage, the Ascension. Oh my god. See, and then we'll help you manipulate your players. <laughs> right. We just got super meta. Oh my god. Or you can just be like Tim and just like show up and say, "All right, here's the new system we're playing by and go." <laughs> there, that is an option. Second, I want to run a one-shot adventure for a group to make sure the game is something that they will enjoy. I've come up with a couple of plot ideas for your one-shot. I would appreciate your thoughts on them. Okay. Wait, wait, stop for one second. Going back, you should run that. 
<laughs> you should run that run that one shot for the whole group, the big group, and then after that, uh, if they have a good time, then ask if they're interested oh, in switching. Oh, there you go. Right? Thinking? Okay, continue. Sorry, sorry. For listeners not familiar with the mage universe, there are essentially two factions loosely defined. Uh, mages? The technocracy. Drink. The drink. Hang on. Usually played okay. as the antagonist made up of five subsects <laughs> with a T that works to keep the current reality in place. Then there are the traditions that consist of nine loosely aligned classical mage organizations who struggle for freedom in the oppression and <clears throat> the oppressive reality enforced by the technocracy no he misspelled it i don't have to drink oh that's right technocracy Technocracy. there is a lot more of it uh, but that's the basics my first idea popped into my head when you were discussing schindler's list on a previous episode a small cabal of traditional mages fight against nazi technocratic mages (laughs) in new world order (laughs) sect maybe they end up killing hitler or something epic like that this would be grim dark and gritty the second idea popped into my head just this morning. I started thinking about maybe a game based off Men in Black. The players would assume the roles of technocracy. Oh, there we go. Mages whose job it is Frank? to respond to mm. intrusions into our reality and other planes, as well as dealing with reality deviants. The technocratic name for tradition mages. This could give the players a sort of flip on the perspective, making the... Technocracy, yes. not oh, quite the faceless bad guys <laughs> that many mage campaigns end up with. But I am a little worried that it could go all Scooby Doo if I don't get the right the, the tone quite right. Don't have Tim play thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm a mage. <laughs> See, I, the technocracy to me when I started reading the mage book, the first thing I said when I read through technoc- the technocracy, I'm like, what the fuck. I want to play mage. I want there to be like wizards and shit. Yeah. I don't want people to be called. Oh, I'm a third class wizard scientist apprentice. W- fuck you. Yeah. I want <laughs> wizards and shit. Yeah. So, no. Wait. Fireball. If I ever run this, what? Do not have magic? No, they are, but th- it takes a while to it- get to it because they have to set up the fact that there's anti magic. That's like that no, it's not. A- no, no. they're is. all mages. Yes. They're all yeah. mages. They all cast spells. I would hope so. It's called mage. But there's a whole group that is. I don't know why or how because I haven't found that in the book yet. But there's they, they have they either think they have or have a deeper understanding of it of the causal relationship of what they do and how everything happens that they don't refer to themselves as mages or wizards they refer to themselves by the term scientist and that seems retarded do you think they'd be like epic mage or I super think mage or mega mage no it's because being mage is it sounds like to me because it's the world of darkness universe i know the right. least amount about but that it's that's like secondary to the the struggle between the antagonist and the protagonist, the the people who want the... It reminded me of Divergent, like uh, uh, the technocracy versus the... What are they? The tradition? Yes. Yeah, the tradition. Yeah. Um, where the, being, the fact that they're mages is like not the most important point. Hmm. Are they mage hunters? 
They use no. magic, but they are against like traditionalist well, mages. Like they it, have pure magic. It's or something? like it's like every other World of Darkness thing. There's a bunch of different sects, right? That all like fight amongst each other. Bot Camarillo, mm-hmm. yeah, right. exactly. You know, you've, and and it, it, basically they've set it up the same way. There's the technocracy, and then there's the traditions, and then in each of those groups, there's clans beneath them. It's basically, yeah, it's basically Sabat Camarilla. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Different politics as to why, but yeah. Yeah, and I think that's the thing uh, that, and I'm a neophyte, because I've just been playing, I've played, you know, a handful of uh, World of Darkness games, period, and then just a, so far a short ways into the Requiem campaign, but uh, it's it's more about the emotional the the struggle you say the story the angst yeah it's the angst <laughs> okay <laughs> it's the emo shoegazer yeah yeah, yeah, right. yeah that's what it is it is and that's why i think the other stuff is just the this the world and the wallpaper that goes with the telling the story of the the, yeah. the you know but I want, my, I want my mages to be called mages or wizards, not scientists. That, True. That, 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 mm. yeah. Especially if the game's called You know, mages. you could ignore all that stuff. You don't actually have to play I in that world. I would just leave them out. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I know that right now we're going to get a deluge of, of emails, but it's like, you know, you, you can play Traveler and not be in the Imperium. <gasps> Shocked. I know. It's possible. You can do mage and not actually... You could ignore all that I'm, and just have I will. We just rename them. Anyway, many thanks for the quality show, and I am now a proud Patreon backer. P.S. Hey. Eleven technocracies. Well, thank you. Yes, you might as well just down <laughs> that. I'm going to finish my wine. P.S.S.F.O.N.X. Email the Deutsche Bag. I actually like his first idea. See, I do too. I do too. Of the, of the two ideas, because uh-huh. then you can one. take then you can take the 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 Nazi technocratic mages, and then they become bad guys mm-hmm. that you can go out and kill with their That's science. Cool, but <laughs> hail Hydra! I don't know. I feel like is Nazis too overdone? Yeah, I'm, it's kind of getting there for me. Like, great, like universal awesome bad guy and it's cool to like mix in history oh, with like he- the mage universe here's a little tidbit i'm talking to my kids one of my kids zachary asked me about a war i don't remember which war it was or asked me about a battle in a war i'm like no that happened in the civil war civil war when was that so i started <laughs> listing off the wars and the, the the american revolution and then the uh, French Indian War, mm-hmm. right? And then uh, the Civil War, and then the war against Spain, and then World War One, World War Two, Korea, Vietnam, and then it gets really confusing. <laughs> well, right. well Cause it got they, confusing with Korea and Vietnam. Well, yeah, police action, sir. Well, yeah, that's uh, like, what should we include now? Korea, Korea was a conflict. Yeah, yes. Korean conflict. <laughs> Vietnam, was, Vietnam a was a police action. action. Yeah, but. I, and, and then I, but I, I got to World War Two, and I said, "That's when we fight the Nazis in Germany." And they're like, "Both of them look at me. What are Nazis?" <laughs> no you idea. Totally really? dug that hole. <laughs> yeah, good. No idea. Was this your opportunity to well, rewrite history? Yes. Nazis no. driven by <laughs> Mecca Hitler. <laughs> 
No. A symbiotic. Well, I, no, I didn't. You know, and to be but fair, I told, I told them about the Holocaust. It, it, to be fair, terrifying. World, World War II yeah. is, was, remember, we were fighting on two fronts because then there was a whole Japanese thing as well. Right. That's a whole other, like, mega, we got, like, zeros coming in and atom bombs. And it was, like, two completely different wars going on. I remember as a kid thinking like, those were like separate. Mecha Hitler on one side and Kaiji yeah. on the other side. I remember oh, thinking there was, like, yeah. there was, like, another war in there because we oh, had yeah. Japan and then we and had... And they had, like enemies, so they'll be really upset that it Japan is confusing. was our enemy for a yeah. while. Why don't they? He should do that instead of going the tried and true and perhaps overdone Nazi path. Go on the other side. Go on the Japanese. Oh, side. the Japanese. Side. And yeah. the mage spell you have to throw is this massive fireball. That's <laughs> the sun. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That's an interesting. I like that switch on it. And we tend some, as a society to have more war. like sympathy and empathy for the the like Japan side of the war, which is always interesting to me. But I don't know. Just to well, the fact that there is more. Yeah, like I feel like, like Nazis have become like the end all, like super enemy. And even though Japan was their allies, we tend um, to I humanize think, I them think, more. I think it's because of things like internment camps, and we we had a we I think we had a much closer yeah. relationship, like to the people involved in that. Whereas, well, Germany was oh, it's it's over there, and it was and Hitler was such a divisive figure and yeah. you could put everything on that figurehead whereas it, Hit- it wasn't that much well, Hitler, yeah. never, the, the, Hitler never came and fucked up our harbor yeah but most and uh, I think that's an that's important true. point like the figurehead piece because most people in the United States don't really know much about like the emperor at the time of World War II and kind of how that went down with the Japanese emperor and things like that see we could totally do a four hour podcast on history and be <laughs> amazing <laughs> and we could totally steal ideas from it too <laughs> Oh, good. Yeah, more wine. Free show. Oh, my God. Right, because you've got like 10 more technocracies to go. See, we'll do like we'll do drinking history, not drunk history. <laughs> like, we'll just get more drunk. You guys should go. all watch drunk history, by the way. Oh, it I is, It's genius. I watched That's the UK really one, too. Yeah. <laughs> is that where it came <laughs> from? Like, yeah, it came from yeah, it's a British show first. Yeah. All right. Of course. Like everything good. So, oh. so take your Nazi idea, but make it happen uh, in Japan. We're like that, yeah. Uh, or the Holy yeah. Roman Empire. Oh, or, oh, that'd be cool. or, or fascist or Italy. Italy, or with like Native Americans and like Spaniards, <laughs> Assyria. Ooh, Ooh that's so biblical. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I just listened to a whole four-hour podcast on them. <laughs> no, they, they were brutal motherfuckers. Oh, fuck yeah. Or the Jets and the Sharks, or the Jetsons. Oh, that's awesome. That's <laughs> the Jetsons and the Sharks. You know what? <laughs> The, the the most the most screwed up one that I've listened to so far that was the most gr- gruesome was the one about the the Lutheran Reformation. Oh yeah, and the Anabaptists. And there's a city they took in in Germany. Uh, of course, it was Germany. And it was it was it was uh, besieged for months, and the shit that went down inside that city that those people did to each other was absolutely insane yeah. it's like there's a guy there that says no i'm i'm a prophet i can talk to god and we should all be polygamists well, because you got some cute daughters weren't the, weren't the, and, any, <laughs> weren't the anti-baptists like kind of like nudists or something anyway they were like walking around well in that particular thing there was like one guy did strip down and run around naked but i don't think that was their their whole thing no okay um, they started out as sort of Lutherans and then kept going. And the, the Anabaptist means that you get baptized again, for like because your first baptism when you were a baby, you weren't you didn't you didn't make the you decision to it. be right. You didn't own it, right? So you had to be baptized again. So, 
and then it just got crazy and it's very similar to sort of the mormon sects that break off and like we're all going to be polygamous now and we're going to it was crazy i'm rather be an antipasta myself because you know it's been <laughs> of my the favorite pasta, as opposed to a pasta Speak, right <laughs> speaking of history and alternate histories um two awesome series dropped today oh, one of them oh, 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 is uh, the man in the high castle <laughs> holy shit i started Amazon. watching the first episode that's fantastic yeah, yeah, Wait, that, the man in the high oh. castle on amazon okay. which is okay. based on a philip k dick yeah uh, story and it is i may have read that as a kid amazing and it is and then for you marvel oh, fans jessica right. jones dropped jessica jones. Oh, did it really? today okay. Okay. and that is that is uh, i have on several authorities the best television that marvel's ever done i have it's seen a bunch of clips amazing. from it and it, it everything they learned in daredevil they've now just amped it up yeah because they learned a lot making daredevil and you can see it in this and it's so smart and it's so cool if you like daredevil this is daredevil on steroids it's gonna nice. be, it, it looks Fantastic. really good with but, yeah, but the Philip K. Dick thing with is that, that Nazis developed the the H, the the atom bomb first. Right. Oh, it's so, Sky Captain in the World of Tomorrow. Kind and they yeah. Drop, and they, I think they, it's from, they and the Japanese divide up the U.S. And basically, they, and they drop it on Washington D.C. Uh. <coughs> so, and that ends the war. Like Except that the and the and the thing that happens very early in the first episode is there's film footage that exists that shows that America actually won the war, and they're like. What the fuck is this? I, hmm. Having not but, read it, I'm assuming it, it's from an alternate reality. It's Philip K. Dick. He was, he's all fucked up. Mm. I, I mean, that's a logical that's awesome. idea. Yeah. All right. Thoughts. Thank you very much. Yay. Roll 20 and Star yeah. Wars from Simon. The horror story is long. It's three pages long, so that's going to get broken up. Or Bill can cool. read it. Bill's a reader. I can read I'm a, it. Yeah, well, because it's... He'll get hurt. He's got it's from a, get hurt. He's a reader. He's got, he so who wants to read Roll 20 Roll and Star 20 Wars from and Simon? and Star Wars from Simon. Huh? Just <coughs> a note for Sue. I don't know about Fantasy Ground, but I do know uh, that Roll 20 already has the ability to do the FFG Star Wars dice. There I've were, got uh, information, man. New shit has come to light. It requires having the person who sets up the game have the highest level account. Generally, the GM players can have free accounts. Also, for those who like Savage Worlds, Roll Twenty can have a player accessible can have player accessible decks for bennies and playing cards. Uh, also, does Fate Dice for those who are into that. I've personally been involved in Deadlands, Star Wars, L Five R, and Rogue Trader games on the, that use all that use Roll Twenty. It works reasonably well for all of them. Oddly, I found that with the ability to have uh, a layer. The players can't see worked really well for rogue trader space battles, even at the actual tabletop rather than uh, the than net session. Uh, there was myself on the laptop controlling as normal, then the players all on the couch looking at someone's laptop connected to the 90-inch TV screen. Not sure I would do that all the time, but for the right group, it gives a good visual and saves on uh, making up a battle map. Now, did you notice? Did you notice the humble drop that they did right? The humble brag. What? Looking at someone's laptop connected to a 90-inch TV screen. Well, humble brag there. What? On my 90-inch TV screen. He didn't say it was 90 inch. But you know what, though? I was reminded of when we played Traveler, Shit. and we, you had the ba- you had the Traveler Imperium map up on your 90-inch yeah. screen as well. Why did, we, did that for, um, we did that for the Pirate Pathfinder game, too. Yeah. I would have that up there in an editable PDF, and then as we moved the ship, I would mark it on the map oh, where we went cool. and stuff. So, so I don't cool. know if that's a humble brag, because he didn't say it on my 90-inch. So we know someone in the gaming group has a 90-inch TV. That's like a wall. 
It's like I'm, I remember yeah. I I was looking at TVs and I'm like, oh, I can get this, and I measured it and looking at them. I was like, you know what? That's pretty much the size of my bedroom wall. It's like I would turn that on. It was like, <laughs> that's awesome. You get a tan lying in your bed because the thing would take up the entire wall. I went yes, around. Please through my house to see if I had a wall that I could put right. a TV that, that right uh, there is no, no. continuous space we have space doorways and unless tables. I'm going to block windows now you see you know the TV in my house which is a big TV and it's pretty much takes up that wall that's what, like a 72 that's like 63 oh it is okay yeah. I'm thinking like yeah. 90 I'm a like 65 oh my god maybe he means like the perimeter of it the, it's the diagonal so no I'm yeah. sure they make it's them it's not as but they do the biggest. That, well, a couple of years ago, the, they they introduced like a hundred three inch, <laughs> right, or something. But I, but I don't know if that was actually available. They were just like showing it at a thing. Wow. I don't know if they did. That ever actually sell? Yeah, they could actually Korea. buy it. Okay, <laughs> it's well, like a vi- it really. It's like a video wall at that point. I mean, you literally you're sitting in front of the thing. And you're like, uh, you get next string going back and forth watching. I mean, it's That's too. Awesome. It's, you know that you know it's that, too much. You know that massive screen they have on CNN. Or whatever it is, like, do you think that'd be oh, yeah, awesome for gaming? Use that in oh, there, yeah. Like, oh yeah, they they cut over. Now we've got some important news, and there's like some of the big fucking battle map up I there. Just, it seems it's like you turn it on, and you can suddenly see everybody's bones that are sitting in front of it. It just seems like it would be a bad idea. There's a lot of radiation coming out of those things. No, it's they're just LEDs light. now. It's just light. Okay. Anderson Cooper's it's like, light, I, okay. I moved my mech wire up to square seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Horror story. All right, oh. thank you very much, Simon. Thank Yay. you, Simon. Woot. Horror story and question from Bill, the listener. Right, because Bill, the podcaster's <laughs> right, right there. Well, it, it, it's supposed to build the cat. Yes. Ah, oop. <laughs> Greetings, fellow jackers, from a new listener. Yay. Yeah. Somebody got somebody new got roped into listening to your show Woo-hoo. and has been trapped by equal amounts of self-masochism and being too dense to figure out... What better way to spend my time at work than listening to a bunch of drunk yahoos yammering on for hours about one of my favorite hobbies, RPGs? That's our target audience. Oh my God, he's on to us. Yeah, masochistic (laughs) and dense. It's not just (laughs) wasted time, though. You guys also eat my phone battery down quite a bit, too. Yay! Yay? Yeah. We're like the human centipede of phone batteries. (laughs) So my story begins. Sorry in advance for its length. And the Comic Sans font, but I like it, so there it is. Ah, see, the Comic Sans font goes away, sucker. (laughs) Hooray! (laughs) By the way, one of the best villain names ever was from the spirit, was Sans Serif. Anyway. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Not the movie, terrible movie. Sam Serif or San? San San Serif. Never. San is not a name. Continue! Sam. San. Okay. Sam Francisco. Yeah. I just... Some friends did. I hired a girl named Merlin at my job. How awesome is that? Holy shit. So your name can be whatever you want it to be. Is she magical? <laughs> or whatever your parents wanted it. Does I want her to be. Does she wear a wizard hat? I don't think she even knows what it means. We're all like, holy shit. You should your make her wear Merlin. a wizard hat. Your name's Merlin. You should just put. She's like, yeah. <clears throat> oh, remember yeah. Merlin Olsen? I'm... Hell yeah. That no. dude was magical. Oh. No. Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> no, I but, do, but like, I didn't even think that. The head coach at our gym. How about Merlin Engines for, for airports? What the fuck are we talking about? <laughs> well, There's like, but of all the Merlins have the in the name world. Merlin? I, it's true. It, it tends to be a masculine name, name yeah. too. It's pretty odd that a woman would show up. And why isn't why true. wouldn't she? It's be? like a guy being named Artemis. Artemis Gordon. Artemis? It shouldn't be, though. Because Artemis was is a, is a goddess. Roman goddess. That, of the hunt? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 She's the virgin huntress. Right. <laughs> Poor guy. <laughs> <laughs> Good lord. 
And uh, I don't think that was the case with the guy that played Artemis Gordon. In the no. Show. Uh, think, the head coach at my gym uh, had a baby like three months ago. They named him Strider. Nice. Like, on the birth God. certificate, Strider. If it was a boy, should it have been Fartimus? Fartimus. <laughs> it, it is a boy. The name's Strider. Strider? That's yeah. good. Yeah, it's Lord of the Rings. Wait, isn't Artemis Fowl a boy? Yes, oh. but they actually in in the in one of the books actually specifically talk about the fact that that's normally a, a girl's name. Uh-huh. Not long ago at Gen Con 2015, I was asked to DM a D and D five e one shot, or as I call them, a quickie game for several of my girlfriend Valerie's California friends who I have been semi adopted by. If you have several of her girlfriends, it's not a quickie. You don't know. It could be. But Bill, Bill, the listener, well, might be fast. That's true. For me, it'd be a sleepy, because so, I'm old. Stark, have you had a bunch of girls in one bed? How long do you think you'd last? I, I, I yeah, right. Okay. Actually, I, I probably quite some time, because I, I there'd be a lot of sandwiches and beer in between. <laughs> uh, I say semi, because they really haven't had a lot of time with... Me, other than the two or three quick trips Valerie and I have done. (laughs) Semi. I like all of them, and we do seem to get along, and what better way to get to know each other? (laughs) And by no, name, right? really email, fucking weird. This email is or, or awesome. <laughs> I mean, and it has nothing to do with what he wrote. No, it has to do exactly where we took it. I'm like thinking this is the most awesome company. Yeah, roll for suck, sass. <laughs> Anyway, the plan I had was to run some history backstory things as my one shot at Gen Con and use that for my new homebrew game that I've been running for two groups back here in Houston, by God, Texas. Yeah, I'm one of those guys. If any of y'all want to make something of it, bring it. I crit on all rolls above 15 on D20. (laughs) Nerd. So I reckon y'all are going to try to finish this here note on a Texas drawl, ain't ya? Just an FYI, I'll be laughing at your attempts, I'm sure, but you go on and have fun with it. I dare you, partner. Sorry, I can't hear you. I'm wearing my jade helm. So anyway, <laughs> well, farming my homebrew game for cool spots in possible history that I could throw at the Cali players, I was interrupted with the news that the game was now growing to be eight players <laughs> strong. <is> so bad. <laughs> <laughs> I've been gaming since the early 80s, so I've dealt with larger games, and I figure, no problem. Four to five players is usually my sweet spot, but eight, I can handle that. He's been gaming. So I start to beef up the encounters (laughs) for the new party size. This is so frightening. It's suddenly become a swingers party. This is awesome. It's about, of course, this time that real life gets involved and I get slammed at work and really busy on two hobby slide projects. My ADD kicks into overdrive and I forget about building the game for a bit. During this time, one of the California crew creates a Yahoo group for those of us friends and me too attending a convention and word gets out about my little game. Well, before I know it, (laughs) eight players becomes nine and then ten. And at one point, I was set to be running a game for like 12 players on Friday evening at 7 p.m. Gen Con. When next I look at what I built for the game, I'm far from ready and the trip is only a week and a half away. And now there's like 12 folks counting on me to bring my A game. What do I do? Well, I'm a member of several Facebook groups. I'm oh, sorry, you know what ga- you mean? 
member. Oh, member. <laughs> well, I'm a member of several Facebook groups devoted to the gaming hobby and have a few friends out there in the virtual world that as of now have nothing to do with my home groups or the Cali crew that I am aware of anyway. So I throw up a link to a Google Hangout that I open and ask for some help in a couple of those places. Tabletop RPG one-shot group. RPG brigade. The oh, Copper yeah. Jackals. <laughs> Oh, don't stop now. Shameless plug for my friends. Shameless plug for my friends and the groups there. Great guys who are usually very friendly. Very friendly. Knowledgeable and ready to help folks out in a pinch. Anyway, I get help from two guys in piercing my story parts. Piecing my parts, piercing my parts. Oh, piecing, piecing. Yeah, I, I, I piecing and fleshing out. and piecing my story parts together and fleshing out the areas I'm going to put them in. With a party this size, I decide to <laughs> screw the sandbox. I'm laying some pretty <laughs> obvious tracks, <sighs> and I write up my game around specific. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Stark never gets broken. Shh. Shh. You're going you're gonna to <coughs> default the warranty or something. I write up my game around a specific royal decreed mission that the party has been asked to take on. They are tasked with protecting a traveling caravan of supplies en route to find out how an outland town that no one has heard of for a while has fared after decades of war with dragons that has just ended. Side note, the king asked it. Asked for it. All of these players are SCA, the Society for Creative Anachronism, as well as gamers, and they're going to do it, and I know it's going in. (laughs) So my tracks are laid out. The game is prepped and ready on 3x5 note cards. Everyone has submitted their characters to me in advance for approval, and they're aware of the whens, whos, and why fours. And Val and I are off to my very first Gen Con. <laughs> Mostly, the game goes well enough, I think, other than two things. First, a trap I've designed where the party is passing between giant statues of ancient heroes carved into cliff ridges on both sides of the road into the town. Each time they get between the two heroes, they have a flash and are waking up in a dream like state world in someone else's bodies. <laughs> the trap springs and suddenly my notes feel incomplete and I can't seem to get across the idea I'm trying to get them to fulfill before I can let them move on. This is really Freudian. I'm sorry. I'm I just, I, trying I mean, I can't to get, get them to fulfill. <laughs> the stupid throwaway part of the story seems to be becoming a looped effort in futility and nothing in my notes or brain can figure out a way to clue them into the original plan I had without just spelling it out for them. That part of the game seems to drag on for way too long. <laughs> no, strike that. It does drag on for way too long, taking about an hour and a half or more. Oh. Some players are determined Anything. to figure it out. They think it's a challenge and I can sense them blowing their expectations. of some huge reveal at the end, way up, while others can see that we are drifting. I even tried to stop it at one point and move on, but the determined players won't hear it, and they trudge on even deeper into the hole I've dug for myself, (laughs) making me feel less and less adequate as a DM or a gamer in general. (laughs) 
The idea behind the trap that the guys on Google Hangouts and I had come up with was to get each member of the party to prove themselves on one of several virtues or skills before they reach the village, and then they are proven worthy to enter the keep at Crendor and try to save the area from rampaging warforged constructs and a group of dragonborn terrorists who've taken it over. I hate it when constructs are, are invading Crendor Keep. You know, I show up there, Worst. just my own fleshy self, and there's an invading <laughs> construct in there. I love that like, they have to, like, they have an application process to fe- fend off the bad guys. <laughs> They're like, oh no, 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 you can't help. Until you pass our essay questions and are proven worthy. Right. <laughs> In There's the dream state on. trap, yeah. there is a farmer protecting his kids and family. And he's got this um, huge amount of land with nothing on it. Uh, a mage <laughs> protecting the house and farm. There's nothing there. A group of half-orcs approaching the front of the house and a group of dragonborn approaching from the rear. Like two. <laughs> this was somehow supposed to have the player figure out that the dragonborn were bad guys. The half-orcs were not bad guys, and the farmer was supposed to die out in a valiant heroic attempt to save his children. So I have them roll dice to figure out which character they end up in, and I can see what I can see what that character is supposed to do in the storyline that they're playing out, but I can't figure out how I had planned to let them know it. So each time I go through the story, if something happens against type for any of the characters, they flash back to themselves until they pass between the next two statues while riding in the caravan, and then the Groundhog Day back into the dream state. But again, they have to roll to find out which random character they end up in. Maybe part of the problem is, like, he's explaining it, and I don't understand I know. (laughs) So at this point, my second spot in the game that didn't go well happens. I get called out when I overhear someone saying, Railroad much? Oh. This is from a guy I not only really like and respect, but who's in the business. He's funny, a great role player, creates interesting characters, and a good guy overall. So I'm feeling like a real heel about now. Not without good reason, obviously. I own this as my mistake. But of course, it's not bad enough that I blew this one spot in the game. I did it in front of 12 players who I really respect and enjoy meeting, hanging out, and playing with. In the end, I gave everyone some time to give me feedback on how it went and try to take notes on what I could of and should have done differently. I've patched that part of the history into my home game and decided to shut down those statues for any future pilgrims traveling to Crendor, which in my home game is now being used as a college. I even decided that part of the reason the trap isn't there anymore is because the townspeople, the heroes saved, tore down the old heroes and built up new statues of the Cali Cruz characters in their place. So, whew, my question for you guys, yes, we finally got there. Sorry it took so long, but you'll see why it's all relevant. What methods would you use to run a game this large, 10 players plus, if you had to? Don't cop out with the, I wouldn't do it, line either. You get committed to the game, and the number of players just blows up on you. And if you're caught in a mistake like mine, I'll call this the DM trap from now on, how would you have gotten the game back under control and moving on? Let's, let's, should I finish it and then we answer yeah, it? Go ahead. Yeah. We're almost done. Now, I ran this game. Oh, how I ran this game was I gave initiative tracking over to one player and I tried to pass the spotlight around as much as I could so no one would feel left out. Hard to do it in a group this size, and I'm not sure I did it very well, but I tried. Also, I asked my girl Val to take notes for me so I could concentrate on the game and still have what I needed for the history in my home game later. Not that anyone but me is going to read or know about it, but if it does come up, I've got that in the back of my head to pull out when I need it. Thanks for teaching us old dogs new tricks, or I guess old tricks we didn't know works too. Regards, Bill. 
aka Free Licks Online. And Free YouTube. Licks Online. <laughs> At least he knows when to pull out. <laughs> P.S. Uh. Y'all take a drink for all the hard work you've been doing. You've hard. earned it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> First P- of all, I got P.S. The guy who I was talking about is the guy who turned me on to your show. So if you've been bad-mouthing him instead of me, apologize and take another drink. If you're bad-mouthing me, that's better. But take a drink anyway, just on general purposes. First of all, i got to say, this is kind of like a GM nightmare. This is, oh this is something that we all yeah. fear. Like you've done something, or the players have done, and, and taken something that you weren't fully prepared for, and you get suddenly stuck in a trap where you can't get out of, or you feel like you're being lame and you're floundering. I think we all live in fear of that, except for maybe Stu, who lives from a moment. It's like, yeah, go ahead, throw, throw a curveball my way. But I, I live in fear. I think it's a... It's a it's a reality that we all have to face as GM sometimes, and I think oftentimes we think it's worse than it really is, but it still is a it's a tough one to get through. I I also think like another GM nightmare is a one shot with over ten people, like that is insane. Like we've played in in campaigns with that many people, eleven, and that's at incredibly the tops. hard. But at least then you have like multiple sessions to kind of give people spotlight. I can't even imagine a one shot. Yeah. yeah, I can't you even can't imagine getting through one <clears throat> combat in five E with that many people. This is not a cop out. <clears throat> Don't ever do that. Don't again. do it. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Say hey. Next what, time when yeah. it gets past like <laughs> six or seven, say I'm sorry. The quality of the game is going to start to go down from here if I keep adding people. Yeah. See what I would do yeah. is they were at Gen Con. They were at a whole. Long weekend thing. I would say, you know, there's a thousand. I was there. No, I was just say I was going to do this for like four or five people. I could maybe stretch it to six. There's twelve of you. I'm going to run it twice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and run it for two groups of six, <clears throat> and then everybody gets to play, and and then you can kind of compare and contrast and pick the part you want for your home brew game. Either that, or run it as six schizophrenics, and each of them two people play one character. Yeah, that would be interesting. I mean, like, or, or I mean, it might be interesting, especially if it's like a Gen Con thing and people drink at Gen Con, or maybe like the trap instead is like you switch people out. Like every time they maybe. hit that trap, they're it's like tag teaming the other player to come in and be that person. Oh yeah, tag team. Tag team. That's right. This oh, actually yeah. reminds me a lot of a scenario Stu set up when we were playing the first Eldemy game. We ended up in like the Fey Realm or something, and there was a farmer and there was like a Reaper walking across the field, and you had us go into the into the like the the, the there was a house there in the middle of this plowed field, and there was a the, whole there was yeah. like some symbolism and stuff involved that you had, and we had to try to figure some stuff out, and we failed but you managed to we salvage done. the plot and give it to us anyway do you remember there was like a a, a a scarecrow that wandered across the field and once we crossed into the field it attacked us but if we didn't get into the field it wouldn't this is yeah vaguely i don't know a lot of that game is a blur now and i wasn't there were the, so many goddamn players wasn't that the <laughs> point where we all became the children for a while that was yeah right after that yeah i think is when i we i did the introductory thing where i made yeah. Members of a farm family, and everyone plays yes. someone who is 
killed by the guy you were ultimately supposed to fight. Very similar to this. Like, yeah, it was more like a cutscene, though. It was yeah, not, yeah, yeah. We weren't, like, actually playing those characters. No, we no, I handed those characters. characters out to everyone randomly, I Yeah, think. it made us emotionally invested. Right. And well, then, that was the plot. And, and, it, and that worked. It mm-hmm. really did totally work. It did, work. but, it, but, it, but it, it's similar to this because we, we would flash back to that I, and it, it oh, was... An interesting it thing. informed it all. Mm-hmm. Right. I, uh, Hivemind said this in the chat room and I totally agree. It's like, this is why you play no-prep hippie games. <laughs> Because I played a pickup game at a con with 10 or 11 people, and we had a blast, but it was, you know, we created characters, we created the game, there was a facilitator. It was so crazy. Well, I mean... Like a tabletop RPG? You have... Yeah. Oh, wow. You have too many players, and then in addition to this, you're trying to keep track of what happens so you can chronicle it, because it dovetails in with your home game. Throw that shit out the water. True. And you're Once trying you to make sure everybody has so fun. True. Eight to nine players. Mm-hmm. At some point, you've got to get to the point where you like say, okay, my responsibility is here. My players yeah. at home, I will just sort of synopsize that right. after the fact and not yeah. worry about it now. I have way too many other things to worry about, so I wouldn't even worry about chronicling what's like, going on. But like, mind uh, goes on to say, uh, and I think this is a good point too, that uh, why not just turn that stuff over to the players? The well, GM can, yeah, ask a lot of <coughs> you tell me questions to get out of that. Okay, right. they had a puzzle. They weren't solving the puzzle. The people wanted to solve the puzzle. They weren't moving on. He didn't know how to move on. So it's like, you tell me. What's What do you think is going on? Well, what is this about? And I think that might be one of those situations where you, like, pull the escape hatch, like, thing, and it's like, oh, and then suddenly, mysteriously, the statues explode, and you're all back to normal. That's weird. I wonder. And then, like, the players are like, oh, that's like a clue. And you're like, yeah. Make that shit up. (laughs) Totally. Plan that. Totally a clue for the future. Well, it seems like he he kept compounding his problems because Mm -hmm. he was having a hard time describing what was happening. And then he would have them go through it again to try to fix a thing. But then he would randomly put them in different people. Yeah. So, But if, if they kept going back into the same other person they could have had some continuity that might have helped them figure it out or something it's like oh oh wait every time i go past these statues i've i'm inside a stew's character (laughs) yeah yeah you know (laughs) oh i already i turned that loop off sorry um but that and then be like oh oh, okay you'd start figuring out what's happening but when it's it's just random 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 that no one's gonna get it right but i also just like that guy was a dick for mis- for whispering at your table under his breath. Railroad much? Yeah, like that's I, a I, I'm glad you respect him and stuff, but that's a dick move. That's, yeah. yeah, especially you. when you that see someone bad. running a one shot game at Gen Con at seven o'clock in the evening for like twelve people, and you see they're in like this complicated thing they're trying to explain, and you probably could tell you're struggling with it a little bit because most of the time when a GM's like getting to that point of frustration, you can kind of tell. Sure. Like, that's Chill it. the fuck out and take a drink that's and an realize that we're human. We, we well, fuck it's, up. That's rough. You know, it's somebody you see we respect, it's somebody in the business. It'd be yeah. like it's a, we're running a game for your peers and suddenly goes, well, well, but like, here's the thing. Ugh. It'd be like if Steve Jackson called you stupid. Right. Oh, my <laughs> God. <Nobody> hates that. <laughs> but here's the thing is if it's somebody who respects and somebody's in right. the business, I, I would have hoped what he would have realized was, wow, this guy's having some problems or anything. I wonder what help I could do to help. Him out. Yeah, can, yeah, can right? I put my character sheet down and maybe yeah. offer to help co GM? Yeah. Or, yeah. or or can I? Sometimes you can do that with your. I can like, get on with those your rails too, that I see, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. 
Yeah, I mean, assuming they're in the business, they've probably run games before. Like, we've all been in that, oh, shit, moment as a GM or DM. And and the dude also is like, oh, wow, he's got 12 players. Of course there's going to be some railroading going on, simply because he's trying to move the plot forward. And and when you get, you've come up with something that the players are stuck on, and now you're stuck trying to figure out how the players are going to get unstuck. Yeah. And you... You lock up. Yeah, it really. happens. It happens it's, to everyone. Yeah, yeah. There's no reason. You know, you know what? A cool mechanic like that. You're like excited about, and then it kind of like snowballs. You're like, oh god. Yeah. <laughs> no, what do I? You doing? know what though? Like guys in the industry, is kind of a dick. Angry GM. I think it was Angry GM. <laughs> no, no it's, one of, it's one of the California friends who's the one that turned him onto the show. Yeah, so and, it's, it's probably like Kadave. Oh, oh, Dave's Kadeev. a prick. Yeah, yeah he, he, he comes across really like jolly and friendly on the show. That's right. The man is the biggest asshole we know. Yeah, right. No one likes his him. his Sith Lord. His Sith Lord is, Con, is like so. him playing himself. It is. He's, he's like, totally, look, yeah. I brought cookies and cakes, and then I murdered your mother. Dude, it's like, he's like the mirror universe of himself. Yeah, I know. He's amazing. He's he has got the two, goatee and everything. He has two goatees in the mirror universe. <laughs> It's weird. Uh, <laughs> or he's that clean-shaven dude that he's masquerading yeah. as right now. Oh, right. yeah. What the hell? Yeah. It's kind of interesting. To, I, I really um, appreciate, and I hope we get more of GMs and DMs writing in horror stories of themselves. Yeah. Because I feel like it's a really interesting kind of flip. Because we've all been the player who's like having a miserable time at the table. But you know what? That's always, a great idea. Yeah. If you are a GM, yeah. write in about the time that you really fucked things up. Totally. Or, because there's or, so yeah. much that we can learn from bad that. GM horror stories, yeah. not just well, not, bad playing not, stories. Not from not necessarily not from players. players, but from the GMs themselves. Here's where I screwed up, and here's how I screwed up. There's so much to learn from that shit. Yeah, and yeah. I feel like it That's really true. it really helps like uh, people who are getting into GMing and DMing, and like to know like we're not infallible. Like we all screw up. There's that every single game we've ever run. There's always that moment of, oh. Huh, totally cool with that. To- totally cool. You with totally that. guys I went out totally and shot a bear, yeah. motherfuckers. <laughs> bear, motherfuckers. Oh look, hive mind got fooled. That is so not true, Stu. Ca Dave is super nice. You take that back. Yeah, yeah, he fooled you. He drank the Kool-Aid. Is that Ca Dave masquerading as hive mind? Probably. It oh. probably is. Yeah, I think Ca Dave is like four sock puppets on here right now. Maybe hive mind doesn't actually does it exist. It's been Ca Dave the whole time. He's wearing a skinny suit. (laughs) (laughs) Don't ruin my joke by making it logical. Stop it. (laughs) Anyway, uh, yeah. So, uh, what are we going to call those? Uh, Jamming horror stories. Jam horror stories. Horror horror stories from the jam. So there the I was, screen. and I shit myself stories. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. G- I, I like <laughs> behind the screen stories. It's like yeah. GM- behind the behind screen. Behind the screen. Behind, yeah. So behind you- this this week on Behind the behind Screen. The screen. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was yeah. doing my game prep, and I realized I didn't write up any character sheets, and so... <laughs> I realized it's the night before my game. I'm supposed to run at the Minicon, and I'm here recording a podcast podcast instead of (laughs) prepping my game. But that's how you thrive, though. I think what was the last con we had? You had like arguably one of the best ideas ever, and you came up with a night before. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I'm such a kind of. I know we argue about the term, but sandboxy. Like once I get my world created, like I'm set. Like the easiest part is the rest of it. I have my world created. You also need an editor and a deadline. Otherwise, it just doesn't get done. And once the deadline looms, all of a sudden creativity starts happening. It's amazing what I can do when I'm really stressed out and like have procrastinated for weeks. 
I, I don't call it procrastinating. I call it sort of it's a gestation period where you're thinking and putting things together. And it's like a creative crock pot. Busy yeah. with like the yeah. rest of life. Yeah, but it all but you're constantly it's it's procrastinating in the background. It's post planning. Post planning. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I need that on a bumper sticker or a t-shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Should we call it? We can I don't know. It. We're, uh, I said you had two hours. You have about a minute and a half left. Uh, actually, no. Nope. We've got we have one minute. Ten minutes. Uh, uh, we have like a bunch. Uh, of time Eleven left. minutes. Twelve. Yeah. No, because we started late. Yeah, yeah. We got it. We got. Put, put on the sexy music again, and Bill's just gonna riff. <laughs> Because they were I, really I doing that in the chat room. Oh, yeah, were they? Here, they? Here, I can give the, the, the oh, address, yeah, right here. Here I can give like, the address oh for the Nerd again. Stark, Stark never gets broken. Go ahead. So there I was, <laughs> getting ready to go to the Nerd Strong Minicon. <laughs> now, for me, it was a maxi-con. Because my burpees are big. <laughs> <laughs> and there it was, looming in the distance... 13 inches, 13 inches, one. Whatever the name of the street is. Address. Sherman Way. Sherman Way, because I was built like a tank. (laughs) (laughs) So I decided that I would raid her in Tebby. (laughs) And I was in Unit. 109. That's right, and you can't spell unit 109 without O, or 1, or 9. Or unit. Or unit. I feel like we can call this. All right. No, there's like eight more minutes in there, I can tell. No, it's, it's, it's an hour-long loop of porn music. Oh, that is so There's, good. It's actually good porn music, too. It's, 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 recent porn music. I don't even know much music anymore. Totally it's, know. The, I know. The, the, the ironic thing is, it's excellent. not porn music. It it's it. not? What the hell is that? Well, it is. It says, I, I put in porn music soundtrack on YouTube, and it says, here, here's a one-hour loop. I'm like, I hope it's not like the weird stuff from the 70s. Like, ba-dum, ba-dum, That was fantastic. Yeah, it, 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 it's, yeah, but... You there's, should link that in the show notes. There's um, uh, a, I will. A, God, I forget what it's called. Somebody, <clears throat> it's, it's like something trailers, uh, and they and they do a trailer on the on the the first uh, Star Wars five, and they 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 point out how Freudian it is, <laughs> where they talk about well, we should insert our. Uh, it's 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 kind of like just what we had now, and so that's why it started breaking. I'm like, oh my god, I had no idea how Freudian this this whole. <laughs> Okay, yeah, you're right. Okay, Tom says he's, to he's, he's almost there. Exactly. We need to keep going. Yeah. <laughs> so this is I not going to end up like that horror story we read last Pull out my 10-inch, 3-pound rule book <laughs> and put the Ascension in Mage the Ascension. In your bag of boners. You put That's the age right. in Mage. Bag of boners. <laughs> Ass and Mage the Ascension. <laughs> That's right. We put the, we put the age in Mage. I mean, seriously, look at us. It's, it's, it's not even. You put the mmm in Mage. All right, I'm going to call it. You can't handle it, can you? You got chubby. I think he Thank you for joining us for season 15, episode 20 of the Happy Jacks RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. I'm Kimmy. I'm Gina. This is Stork. This is Jock Ram Cockmaster. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> and join us tomorrow at the Nerd Strong Gym Minicon. Gym Con. Starting at 1 o'clock at 1331. Yeah, that and that's it. Jimmy we'll see you next week. We're going to stream <laughs> at like 2:30 p.m. Right. on yeah. Saturday. Send us right. questions, questions for Scott Kurt and send, send questions. Yay! And that's Struck, it. Struck is the king of porn. And we'll see you next week. It is bright.